A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the rugby dungeon, as we are, 52 weeks of the year. Yeah, that's right. If you're new to the podcast because you've got a sudden intense interest in rugby with a World Cup looming, we're here every single Monday morning. No other rugby podcast can say that, and we've been doing so for very nearly 10 years. Thank you for listening. If you want to repay what you think is an entertaining podcast hopefully then you can do so by hitting subscribe wherever you get your podcast going to uh, patreon.com slash egg chasers and more. YouTube yeah definitely YouTube <laughs> thank you very much there's, there's lots of very good content on, on YouTube so yeah definitely check you it out you are going to make some money if you can keep, keep on losing weight <laughs> as I said last week misery loves company doesn't it Joss <laughs> yeah, you must be delighted <laughs> I, I, I'm in a quandary um, <laughs> yes, Freddie Stewart, miss that tackle. <laughs> <laughs> Very much not, sadly. Um, that's JB. Hello, Tim. Who's uh, got his feet out ready for OnlyFans? That's right. You gone for dirty souls on this one? Is that is that a sub fetish? <laughs> it is a sub fetish. I've been wandering around my house tidying up. So it's quite messy on here. Well, JB's joining. Uh, sorry, Phil's joining in as well because he's got the Birkenstocks off. I, yeah, I do. Oh, very good. We're in Birkenstocks today. I, I, as I walked out of the house, I kind of thought I looked like a, a slightly sporty homeless man <laughs> <laughs> today in this pretty scruffy get-up and Birkenstocks. Well, even in the depths of winter, that's one thing about uh, Pacific Island rugby players that play in the Premiership. They always wear flip-flops of some description. Yeah. And also, I mean, I'm guilty of this too, when, when warming up, uh, always wearing vests. Always wearing vests. You love a vest. I love warming up in vests. The colder it is, the, the more the vest, co- the vest comes out. <laughs> What's the best vest you've ever ever owned? Was it the Sam Burgess? Sam Burgess. Yeah. I tell you what, Gloucester have got their 150th year this this year, and I'm tempted to get a Gloucester 150th mm. year vest. So I put out some feelers, see if I can nab, nab one from somewhere. Nice. That'd be cool. Yeah. But the best one I've seen recently, I couldn't buy it because it was not available. Because I wanted a nice vest to go away uh, with to Barcelona. And the best one I could find was the Racing one. Nice dark blue, no other writing on it except for that beautiful badge, and had a tiny bit of orange trim. Nice. That's it was nice. so nice. Lovely. Yeah. In that. fact, in, in terms of stash, is is a good weekend because we saw Fiji's amazing kit. Yeah, it's good. Ireland's kit is not as bad as I thought. No, it's not yeah. like Do you kit, think they've changed the colour since they launched it? Either that or there was some weird filter or weird lens on the original promo. Because the original promo was like... I don't know, but it was just too light. Baby green. Yeah. Mm. It was this weird... It's like baby like, Yoda pastel. Yeah. But, no, it looked great. It looks fine. Yeah, it looks fine. Yeah. Although the collar's a bit weird. It doesn't matter. It looks fine. The, the, the England warm-up tops, those white tracksuit tops, are amazing. Wales is like baseball jacket 
I'm not seen, I've not seen that. That's so nice. It's like um, it's, it's like they're somewhere between a, a warm up tracksuit top and a, a high school letter jacket. Oh, from, that's cool. I, I from, think from the eighties. I strongly nice. think that Racing got it right when they made their boys wear blazers to come out for the I mean, final. That is just. Do what they have do. blazers? And bow ties. I seem to remember. I'm not sure they had the bow ties. Camille blazers and champagnes. They may have had uh, bow ties as well. Bow ties I mean, at some cam- point. Not Camille Shat, Phil. He, there's no bow tie that could fit around that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, I seem to remember it doing some serious heavy lifting, that bow tie <laughs> strapped on. Although bow tie would make sense because that is the tradition, isn't it? They play in the bow ties and they have champagne at home yeah. half time. Mm. And Let's see if I can find a picture. Fairly famous Beeritz one was Beeritz would play on a Sunday, but they'd only play after a brisket of beef first and red wine. <laughs> beef and red wine yeah. of wow. course nice. red wine. so yeah here's a here is a picture champions cup final uh, it looks like the pre-match lineup with finn russell including the team uh and they're wearing bow ties oh amazing Let's have a look. Uh, swivel it's, it's only a small picture beautiful that is, that cool. is cool yeah i mean the other thing is if you want to make it a bit special of course the RFU would never do this but what happens to the caps you get your caps after the game or before the game? After. There's a presentation after the game. Is there? So I think you should wear your cap for the lineup. <laughs> all wander out with the little, like, with your little hats. But if it's given after it, the game, you can't really do that. It is given after the game because they and do also, a ceremony. Like, they actually show them in O2 inside line because they get the, oh, really? the family in. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And also, the RFU are so thick that they'd think that it wasn't progressive enough. If it's not graffiti or something. Like, can you imagine them going back to something a bit more traditional? Nope. Has to be inclusive and progressive, so they would never do anything anything remotely uh, historically linked. You can get in touch with us at contacteggchasers at gmail.com as well, and I will be peppering the podcast with some emails. Um, and the first one, actually, I'll mention is just from Aaron Young, who said, and I don't remember you using this phrase, but do you remember using the, the words, go tell your mum? Yeah, quite, quite frequently. Yeah, <laughs> so like, it's like about win, you know, people whinging about whatever. It is. Yeah. Go, just go tell him, Aaron Young says, ever since JB first uttered the words hashtag go tell your mum about a month ago, I really thought he was going to make this a catchphrase and launch a range of merch such as <laughs> budgie smugglers. Go tell him, budgie smugglers. Since he and Tim have shared their differences of opinion on Owen Farrell, etc., in past weeks, I really thought JB was about to say, go tell your mum to Tim. <laughs> but alas, it remains in the, ar- in the archives. Hopefully, when discussing England's latest woes, he can bring it back into play. Well, maybe. I thought I'd just, I thought I'd just plant that seed at the start of the <laughs> Thank podcast. You. I, I also must have missed that phrase. Um, you use yeah. it quite frequently. Do you? Yeah. Uh, well, not recently, but yeah, I did in the past. I can I can think of some of your other phrases. Mm. Hear me now, believe me later. Dave Damashak. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, and, and just in terms of stash, one more email before we get mm. uh, cracking. Andy Hodson, just as we were talking about stash and French style, he says, uh, "Love the pod, blah. Uh, you've mentioned on the pod a few times about the artistic slow motion, if sometimes a bit one-eyed style of the French TV action replays." Not seen that for a while, actually, have we? Oh, they'd love a they love a slow mo. The World Cup is going to be. Yeah, it's slow mo central. Yeah. Yes. Be fr- French production. Yeah, amazing. So that's why it's even more of a shame that Roman Intermac is not going to be available. Such a shame. Such a oh. But at least they've got Charles Olivon. If yes. something happens to Charles Olivon, that could just. Uh, but they've, they've got handsome men right across the team. They really do. They do actually. They're they're, they're a good looking. They're a yeah. very handsome team. Yeah, that's a good shout. 
who is who is the most handsome team? The, 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 I think France, France may be it, uh, Italy. Are they they're, they're quite a good looking bunch? Or am, yeah. I just, or am I just stereotyping them? <laughs> might be stereotyping there. Wales are not a good looking bunch. Wales no, are they're not. not. They really or not? Wales definitely are not. England aren't particularly handsome. Oh, they've got a few. They've got quite an ogreish front, uh, forward pack. Yeah, yeah. Scotland, Scotland are good. They're quite a good looking team. Yeah, Scot- not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, Andy Hodson says, uh, I, I, "Can I please direct you to the moment, approximately sixty-four minutes into the version of the match currently available on, on Amazon, uh, where this artistic style boils over into gratuitous filth?" Yes. I, uh, I refer to a lingering shot of Fabien Galtier's suit and white trainer combo. Yes, yes. In- I saw this, including white trainer socks, which seem to be an homage to Basic Instinct. <laughs> <laughs> It could just be the way he's sitting, but his trousers look almost deliberately short. Yeah, so he's sitting, and the camera angle, have you seen it? I've not the seen the shot. Like looking almost up his trouser leg. But, like, do you know the way... That, like, How short some... are his trousers? <laughs> yeah, like, you know. Um, so he's lying like, in a suit. Like, never, ever wear three-quarter length but shorts. Like, or, or just never, ever. No. Well, no, no. No, no. never. Do you know Gustin P. Shot wears trainers, but they're usually clean white trainers? Yeah. Yes. These are like technical running bike oh. trainers. He can do what he wants, Scoutier. He looks amazing. T- turns out he can. Turns out he actually can. Thank you, Andy and Doncaster, for that. Right, let's get on with some actual rugby then. And um... It's going well, isn't it? It's going great for, well, my, I guess, my two respective nations. So, <laughs> all right. So well, f- France being one France, of your two. Well, no, we can say I'm half English, half Welsh, and whatnot. I, so it's going very well. I want to make yes. sure there's some yin to the yang with this uh, podcast. So uh, let's let's chuck a bit of positive stuff at the wall. It just in, right. just in general across the weekend. Let's say some nice things, and then we can really get the knives out. Okay. So say anything that comes into your head that was like nice or positive or good about any game or anyone. Sure. So uh, Mac Hansen looks good. Uh, sorry, Mac Hansen looks terrible, but he's a great player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks well, for the clarification on yes. that. Well recovered there. <laughs> I will say some nice things about England, right? So, until 57 minutes, the scoreline was 12-3. And for all the negativity about the end of the game and the way that the score finished, England did manage to stifle Ireland. Now, they didn't put them under pressure, and they didn't have that extra 10% to convert the territory that they had and the malls that they had in particular into anything particularly sinister. But they did style for one of the best teams in the world, quite significantly. George Ford missed a few kicks, and if he had made those kicks, it's a different kind of game then. Now, I don't think England... Yeah, but that's like saying if Owen Farrell's kicks had gone to hand, it wouldn't... Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) fine, fine, yeah, yeah, fine. Um, (laughs) But, you know, they were reasonable... They didn't create anything, but they weren't giving much away. The the try which they gave away was a bad defensive error. A real bad defensive error. So I, I guess is a misread between Stuart and Genge. See, we're, 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 we're sloping towards the negative here. Yeah, yeah. but, but, you know, but if yeah. they can stifle people's yeah. game and stop rugby being played, which is a, a wonderful tactic in of itself, they could be a, well. That well, was okay. that, so. That was kind of my point last week, and I know Borthwick has spoke about it in reference to the opposition, specifically South Africa, Argentina, Wales, who are the the type of team that they will try and suffocate the opposition. And it's the kind of game that they're always going to be in it because it's always going to be a low-scoring game. Yeah. And England, have, uh, both of us, explicitly observed that about um, opposition. And I think they're trying to do it. The bit, the, and they, they did it 
with some success, the flip side of it is they have to do more with the ball because they they have done the sum total of almost nothing in not just these three games, but even going back to the Six Nations, they basically did nothing either. It's incredible, isn't it, how little they're able to do on everything. Let's continue with the positives. Yeah, sorry. continue with the positives. Um, is, is there anything else to add? So they, 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 they've been, yeah. they're, they're quite effective at stifling good rugby teams. I will yeah. say two things for, which could easily... For chunks of games, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll say something which is a positive, but I, I really want it as a lead into a negative. But I thought England had a pretty good performance out of both Theo Dan, who's a breath of fresh air. He needs to actually have some more game time now. And also Ben Earl. So those two boys, I think, in the last two games have really <sighs> stood out for me as two guys that well, are not awful. So it's one of my... This is going to be a bit negative, but Theodan didn't actually play in the last game because Jamie George didn't come off. Was it the, the, the game, game before, before he, he did come yes. on for the last 20-whatever? Did he score? He scored in the Wales game. He might, did he score in the first one? I think he scored in the first one. Yeah. Oh, did did England even score a try in the first one? No, no, no. He he came on. And Maroi Toji scored yeah. the only try. So England scored well, one try the in the time two. He got, by the time he got called up for the England squad after that first Wales game, he'd had the total amount of thirty-four minutes of rugby at international level. I think. Right. Well, anyway, yeah. Theo, Theo Dan. Theo, Theo, so Theo Dan, I agree with. I, I'd I'd like to see some more of him. I'd actually like to see some more. More of hookers not named Jamie George. Yeah, because for, for two, so he played eighty minutes last week and sixty minutes this week. We know everything we need to know about Jamie George. He knows if Mario Toji is calling the lineouts. He knows everything he needs to know about. Like we're not gonna. There's no benefit to seeing more of that combination. Not, is there? And we've got all of our eggs in this Jamie George-shaped basket, which is being compounded by the fact that he's playing so many minutes. So transfer injury is higher. And that just means the other guy, Jack Walker and Theo Dan, are not getting any minutes. So it, Obviously, not they're not really trusted, but I think Theo Dan has shown a little that he can be trusted. That You're right, that is a positive. Uh, ben Earl, positive. Uh, just in terms of other rugby, Keith Earls. Yeah. Amazing. That was awesome. Yeah, so the try. It might not be his first game, but I remember Keith Earls. It might be his first game, because I remember when I, he first came on my radar, was 14 years ago, I'm going to say now. When he played 2009? the first, uh, yeah, you have to check, check the dates, maybe 13, 13 uh, years ago. He played for the Lions against South Africa. Yeah, 2009, 14 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So he must have had uh, maybe two or three caps by the time he got there. Yeah. And ever since, he's just been putting in consistent performances. He was 21, and he was like a 21. bit of a bolt from the blue. Yeah, thing. so there was two young Irish wingers that went on that Fitzgerald. Tour. Luke Fitzgerald, who I thought was dynamite back, back in the day. He's the one that got... He, uh, sorry, no, he, he attacked uh, Scout Burger's fingers, yeah, fingers with his eyeball. <laughs> Awful what he did to Scout. <laughs> a, head, a vicious headbutt. And then, to make it worse, I mean, can you imagine this happening today? The South Africa team came out in T-shirts saying, Justice for Scout. Like, he was putting his hands <laughs> in someone's eyes. In and around the eye area. And, and he got a, like, three-game ban, something like that. Yeah, it was Justice for Scout. Two-game ban or something like that. Yeah. It is. Do we know if Luke Fitzgerald is still doing the left-wing podcast? No idea. I think he is. Yeah, I think they do. They have different hosts. Because I, I, I do when I do Irish when I've worked on Irish games, I do sometimes on the plane over, have a little listen around, and he's still popping up here and there. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I certainly like liked him as a player. Yeah. Mm. Um, all right. So we so, said we said some positive well, stuff. Well, oh, no, go on, Phil. About I'll do another one. Go I, on. <laughs> I, I quite like. I've not seen a huge amount of him. 
But I quite liked him in this game, uh, as in, I've not seen a huge amount before this game, but Prendergast. He looked good. Yes, that's a good one. He, he Lock, is, number eight, yeah, flanker. And he, Ireland are kind of secretly building this army of massive back rows. So they've got Josh van der Fleer, who's not that massive. Yeah. But then Jack Conan's big. Caelan Doris is deceptively big. Mm. He's bigger than you give him credit for. Ryan Baird is massive. Peter Romani's Peter, not massive, but he's hard. Well, Peter Romani is big. Like, he is big. One of the things I actually yeah. remember from... Uh, oh, the World Dance, Awards. Dancing in the, the Monaco yeah. nightclub with uh, Peter Romani and Sia Khaleesi is Peter Romani was considerably bigger than Sia Khaleesi. Yeah, he is a big boy. He's tall. He's tall and he broad. Can, I mean, I, well, that could be the tailoring of his suit. It could have been. If there's one day I could go and relive again, I'm not saying it would be the one, there'd be others that I'd choose, but that would be probably on the list. And I'd, I'd Definitely up there, isn't it? It would be up there, yeah. Like, yeah. Again, going into a nightclub and Peter Romani and Sia Khaleesi were standing on tables dancing. Yeah. It but was... Uh, uh, and I got, like, uh, you looked everywhere and it was... Oh my God! It's you! Oh, it's you! Oh, it's you! I well, yeah. I got Phil, I got Phil talking to, to Ryan Crotty. I know I was a bit starstruck. Yeah, I was talking starstruck. to Ryan. He, he is cool. He, he is cool, and I think I think also he wasn't particularly used to because he was he hangs around with Bowden Barrett and Rico Yuani yeah. and those boys. He's not the big name, is he? He's not the biggest name, but I love him because he was the as, uh, uh, JB phrase. He's the stor- straw that stirs the drink. Correct. Um, oh, he certainly giving was giving Boda Barrett an egg chaser's tie. <laughs> that was a, what an amazing moment! I wonder where. I wonder where. What in is the, in the bin? Straight in the bin. <laughs> of course, it went in the bin. In the, in the hotel bin. room bin. Yeah, uh, the, the, the summer. If it, be, I will take that as a massive compliment if it made it all the way back to Bowden Barrett's uh, hotel room. There's someone, someone from housekeeping in the hotel in Monaco who now has an egg chaser's. Yes. We should have put a truck on it. <laughs> Always regret that. But yeah, just on the the island back. So we mentioned there, um, Conan, yeah. Doris, Ryan Baird, Omani's big, and Prendergast. They're all six three, six four, and six you, five. And if you put Ty Byrne onto the flank, he's Ty Byrne as well. Yeah, massive. yeah, yeah. Exactly. They've got they've like just all of a sudden. I know it's not happened all of a sudden, but they've got they can field an absolutely enormous back row if they choose to kind of rest uh, or change up with Van der Fleer. Yeah, yeah, they're imp- an impressive outfit. I mean, I've never really liked them that much. I find the whole Leinster narrative boring, as you've, as you found out. And I enjoy watching them lose, but <laughs> you know they did exactly what they needed to do, and they are well organised. They are powerful in the right areas. They do things the right way. Yeah, they're um, they're going to be formidable. They would have, if if I could choose a rugby World Cup schedule as a head coach, I would choose Islands. Who Start against Romania, sec- second yeah. game against Tonga. Then they have. It might be I can't remember which way round, but then they have South Africa and Scotland. Yeah, I quite like England. I think it's in that. Oh, I think it's in that order. Yeah, that's so they get Scott, nice two, quite... two game build up. Big one, South Africa. If they win, then they they may at that point they may kind of well. They'll know what they need to do playing Scotland. Yeah, I quite like um, Scotland's schedule because they know. So they face off against South Africa. Oh, South Africa first island last, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So they face off against South Africa, and if they win that, it's kind of in their hands. If they lose that, they know they've got to beat Ireland. But um, I quite like that having the the big game. So all their focus for the last few weeks they've got those two um, two France games out of the way they're just focusing on South Africa and even the French games are focusing on South Africa then two easier games in first Tonga followed by Romania and then a bit of a rest seven day rest before um, Ireland 
got my accreditation notes through for the first two weekends. Oh, nice. nice. Very, very, very nice. nice. Uh, at the two England games, at Scotland, uh, Scotland v South Africa and Wales v Japan. Nice. First two weekends. Tell you what, it cool. was good. That'll be good. When we went to Japan to watch the game, one of the nicest thing is waking, because we were there for two, three weeks or it's known that there's rugby on TV every single day. Yeah, Sorry, you're not, Wales, not, not Wales v Japan. What am I saying? What am I saying? Wales v Portugal. Yeah, Wales Portugal. Oh yeah, Japan's in England. Yeah, group. Japan's England's Paul. That that is who England play in Nice. So is uh, it going to be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? First weekend it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Second weekend Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. So from I th- and I think France generally play the Thursday night games around mm. France. They go to lots of different places. I see. It's exciting stuff, isn't it? Very exciting. Yeah. So those are those are the positives. Any more positives? Um. So I've I've only really seen the Ireland England game, so I can't really well, I, I comment mean, on the. We're only talking about Ireland England because you could talk about France. You could talk about um, uh, you know Fiji. Pretty much been in this game. Fiji two pushover tries, two mauling tries. Yeah, which is something I commented on from the mm. Pacific Nations Cup that they in their. Certainly in their first two games against Samoa and Tonga, they basically went three tries up from pushover try from um, their set piece, which was, it, to me, it read as a clear, we are going to focus on this, because it's been a historic weakness. It's almost a stereotype to say uh, say it, but it's the, the data historically backs it up. But it's good to see them focusing. And they've got, I mean, they have got a massive pack, so that always helps. Yeah, uh, Semi went over for, did he get that try? He scored. He did. He, scored, he didn't score. I'm not sure if it was awarded though. He did score a try. I've not seen the game, but he did score right. a try after 50 minutes. Yeah, these boys are absolutely loaded. I think by the time they get into the World Cup, they're going to be seriously, seriously dangerous. Seriously dangerous. And that makes me like. I said last week that I'm nervous for Wales. Yeah, I am nervous for Wales because Georgia as well have had a good run in. They've had some comfortable wins. They beat. Um, USA relatively com- comfortably this weekend and they are the Wales I think they'll lose against Australia and then they have to beat one or both of uh, Georgia, Georgia Fiji. and Fiji there's a funny storm brewing in rugby isn't there the way that the junior nations are uniformly getting stronger I mean they might not be strong enough to win like they did last last time with uh, Japan winning and I think Fiji Fiji are definitely because of the Drua thing and the yep. infrastructure that's definitely a, a case I'd, I think it's more I'd, and I don't want to be negative on this because I, I take your point but I actually think it's that there are unions who are so bad at the minute well this is the there storm right? so bad that it's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's not that Georgia are catching up with Wales it's that Wales have sunk same same isn't it if you're Georgia yeah. Yeah, yeah. same same I mean you just want to beat them so, oh, no, 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 I, I understand but, that, but, but, but framing yeah. it in terms of, oh, these Tier 2 nations are getting better, uh, well, are I, they? You know, these are going to be the best Pacific Island teams that we have seen ever, I think. So Fiji, like Phil said... Yeah, no, then, the, no Fiji, have, they've got to a quarter-final once, didn't they, in 07? Did they? Yes, it Yeah, well, they, they beat Wales won. in 07. Yeah. But then Tonga and Samoa, having all these returning players, are going to be really formidable. Oh, sorry, Fiji also got to a quarter-final in 1987, the inaugural World Cup. Did they? Mm -hmm. Fair play. So, yeah, there's quite quite a lot to look forward to from the smaller nations. And then, like you say, Tim, the absolute disaster, which is the the major nations. So, 
Who are, who is good? South Africa, France, New Zealand. Who is bad? Uh, Everybody else. I, well, no, Ireland. Ireland and Scotland. Ireland and Scotland are good as well. Uh, yeah, the, so, the top, top five, five all on that one side of the draw. As New Zealand, saying. South Africa. What you said you said New Zealand, South Africa, France, Ireland, yeah, yeah, Ireland, and I, and I would add Scotland to that because I think that's exactly. You, you think Scotland and Argentina are like one level below, like kind of. I think Scotland good. Scotland are better than Argentina. Everyone else is awful. I, I, I would I would yeah, I would say Ar- Ar- six yeah. teams are good. Argentina are the best team from what the best seen, of the, rest. the best team on the on the other half of the of the World Cup draw. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. I, I think there's those five, and there probably is. I think Ireland, France, and New Zealand. Based on what I've seen of the last eighteen months, um, and probably New Zealand the last twelve months, but they're the top three, and probably Ireland, and France one and two, then New Zealand, then you've got South Africa and Scotland a drop down from them, then you've got Argentina a drop down from them, and then it is everyone else competing to be who can be the least worst yeah. of the teams that are supposed to be good. I, and it's so interesting as well. I, you, I really want them all to be bad. I mean, if, if someone asked me. In, so I, I, I love how you just you you get excited for people to lose. Yeah, I was in. Um, it's called Box Live in Manchester. So I was going to a 40th birthday party. So uh, I met my friend there. So me, uh, yeah, I, surrounded, surrounded by fo- surrounded by footballers, trying to watch this game. And my friend com- com- uh, comes in Victoria. And she says. Who do you want to win? I was like, I hope they can both lose, but I can't quite work it out. <laughs> I would love them both to lose. But yeah, England were playing in Manchester. Well, sorry, they were showing the game in Manchester. That I counted something like 32 screens in Box Live. Only one of them had rugby on. Everything else was football. It absolutely ran with football fans. Of course. So we managed to watch it for about... Trying to explain to someone how the laws of rugby work and the intricacies of a scrum in a packed Manchester pub when United, when United are playing is n- near enough impossible yeah good there luck was no good interest luck in trying to do that yeah. whatsoever I did have a weird experience though so we were sitting there and a the guy starts talking to me and I feel aw- I feel awful, awful awful saying this really really nice guy really enjoyed his company but I'm certain that he knew me oh really on the podcast really he started asking me questions which were very very precise to things that I've said on the podcast, ah, 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 so but yeah, but didn't actually say. Oh, it's, it's, J- the- it's JB, isn't it? You yeah, yeah. But at one point, he did say, "Oh, is that through the podcast?" Um, did he? Yeah, ah. yeah. And then I sort of clicked, and then didn't say anything else. <laughs> so, oh well, hello to that person. Yeah, yes. By the way, lovely bloke. We had, yeah, we had um, people that listen to our podcast always are when you go around these grounds. And uh, I've, again, I've, my email inbox is ran full of people it's, that are inv- inviting me to stag do. Stag dudes that are tied up. In fact, that, that there's a stag, there's one in Toulon, isn't there's a stag there? doing Toulon, which in that week building up to Nice, I may well drop in on those boys. Definitely, that would uh, be good fun. Among others, um, so yeah, contact TedChasers at gmail dot com if you are going to be at the World Cup uh, in either where am I? Marseille, Nice, Lyon, Paris, and, and yeah, if you're going to be at any of those, let me know and uh, maybe a, a little uh, uh, demi. Mm. All several. So, <laughs> one or two. Yeah. Um, Daniel Connolly emails contactedchasers at gmail.com. Right, enough positivity, lads. He says, um, oh, no, here's one final positive from Daniel Connolly. He says, uh, England repeatedly be- play better with 14 or fewer <laughs> I was, men. I was actually going to make the positive of, uh, well, England are getting lots of practice of playing with um, 14 and fewer men. And it was actually in the Wales game, it was only really when they went down to 12 men that they started crumbling 
So yeah, that is, I guess that is a kind of weird backhanded positive. And, and I guess it backs up what we talked about uh, this time last week in that England seems so stifled by the way that, and I don't know what's behind it, I think you sort of have to level it at the coaches. It's clear tactic. You, you to... kind of have to level it at the tactics employed, but they demonstrated again against Ireland that when they stray from the prescripted script, they look better than when they try and employ the game plan that they're sent out there to employ. Maybe that's the players just executing it badly. Maybe they need a, a little bit of a rethink and just roll the dice. So I, I think there are two things at play. One, exactly as you say, the players have been executing so badly. In the two Wales games, they could not look after the ball in contact. This time, they could not look after the ball in contact. They, they, the breakdown was made a bit of a mess by England being repeatedly late to the breakdown and not securing their own ball. Shocking. Yeah, it's, it's shockingly bad. They are shocking. Um, it was also made worse by... I, it's a, it is a clear tactic to kick all the time, and there's so many bad kicks that are just... Two, 10, 15 metres too far that meant Mac Hansen or Hugo Keenan or James Lowe were just catching it with no pressure on them and they've got time to either get a pass away or put in a, an excellent, much better return kick. I am a fan of the kicking game. Right? Huge fan of it. It's what you need to be doing to establish your territory win, win, win rugby games and that's backed up by some pretty solid evidence as well. But the, Eng- the kicking game that England are employing is stupid. Uh, it's low quality yeah, it's and a team that are not even attempting to execute a kicking game in Ireland are out executing them at their own game that is how bad it is and to make it worse I don't know if you noticed this uh, it's, um, fair play to him for saying it because it's not something you often hear in comms but at the very start of the game Simon Zebo said this England team they just they don't look, look, like, they look like they don't care he's talking about their body language wa- they, they're walking Walking from it's a disgrace. There was the first try, which was England defensive error. That was it was really well taken. Lovely pass from Van der Fleer to Omani. Nice finish from Omani to Aki. It was a nice try, but it was sloppy from England. And the point was made that Ireland next job all sprint back. Everyone's yep. in position, ready for the next job. England are like ambling around the pitch, not knowing what they're doing. There's no leaders there. It, it's, it's shocking to say that, but there's no leaders. Um, Courtney Laws is a very laid-back individual, leads by example. But sometimes you need a bit of fire. You need mm. someone to be shouting at the boys and, you know, just do something. Just do anything. I, I'm, I'm beginning to hate this England team, which is a strange thing to say, because I actually like the individual players. I like how they play for their clubs. And you know, As players, I'm very supportive of the players. I kind of don't want them to lose because I quite like them. But as a group, you're looking at one of the most privileged set of rugby players you've ever ever come across the world's ever seen and they're acting like children like they're just not doing anything right. I don't like you using the word privileged I, I don't think even you like you using the word privileged oh they are they're so well looked after you know like okay probably five years ago it was slightly better like before Covid that's probably yeah, the they're, peak they're, time they're back at the Lensbury now rather than at um, Penny Park yeah I mean, it, it's tough isn't <laughs> they're it? having to slum it. It, it it is it is tough up at the top but, you know, the, the best players in England are still looked after remarkably well compared to almost every other rugby player that's ever lived at any other time. So, yeah. And they just don't seem to appreciate it. Like, you watch them run through their moves. I was watching the... They had an attacking phase early in the second half. And they're kind of sort of half running onto the ball. There's oh, no pace. There's well, no... There was a weird one in the first half where 
to get set up. Ben Youngs is trying to marshal, trying to marshal them to do um, just a, a one-out carry. He's trying to get Gell- Ellis Genge into a position oh, to do a one-out carry. The tantrum he's having. Ten yards out from his own 22 in the first half, just a, a it, right-hand pa- pass. And Genge just like isn't getting in position, and Ben Youngs but, isn't getting in position. No one's coming to support him. It was him. worse than that, because this was the one where he got counteract, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you look at Ellis Genge, and he's only, his body language is, do not give do, me that do, ball. Do not give me that ball, yeah, yeah. Like, where... Where is the but animal was, warrior leader that we're led to believe that Ellis Genge is? No one else, he was awful. Yeah. But there was no one else offering it. So he did, yeah. he, Genge did have some good he runs. He had some good carries. Yeah, yeah. He was, but, yeah. but that yeah, was no, it, on, that, that was a poor one. But no, uh, this is to a, a bigger point. I wonder, uh, I don't know, am, uh, am I making this up? Do you think this squad, for exactly the same reason you said, I, they, I don't think they really believe. They might be saying things as a group about, you know, let's do this. Uh, but... It, exactly, body language and yeah, attitude yeah. at times. It, it gave the impression they don't believe in this. And they are it saying gives, that they are all Charlie Yules and what I mean by that is they say the things. They they are they are live action, w- 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 larping, right? They are pretending to be world class athletes when they are not playing like it. Uh, I would get rid of them. But, but the margins at the, at, the, at the top level, we know a few percent is the difference between getting panned and, and, and being competitive and if there's a little doubt in what they're trying to do and even if they're not saying it out loud but they're all thinking it will there come a point where they where they do like what Martin Corrie did so, in 2007 yeah. where they got panned by South Africa and then Martin Corrie walked into Brian Ashton and said we're not doing this anymore we're in charge now like the well, maybe. Uh, fr- France in 2011 yeah under Lievremont yeah so there is another could that happen do you think there could be it, but the- it, could do, but it depends what's going on in the back because it looks like there are times in that game, exactly as we just said, where it looked like there is something fundamentally wrong because the players looked as if they don't care. And now these are professional athletes; they clearly do care, but there's something going so wrong. Do, so, like, here's an analogy, and I don't know if it works perfectly. It probably works terribly, but I'll give it a go. So, you know, F1 drivers allegedly are not as fast once they have kids because they don't want to take like take the risk. And it's the same with the RAF, right? So the RAF, when you need fighter pilots or you need bomber pilots, say, to you know attack dams, uh, where, uh, wherever they may be, you don't really want 45-year-old family men. You want 21-year-old lunatics that will fly underneath you know, telephone cables and that kind of thing. And I think there's a certain element of that with rugby. Like, they don't necessarily have to be the best player. England need a mixture of the experience. Owen Farrell would be a good, a good example. But, like, in the back row or something, like, the example of the Ben Earls setting is the only one I can think of with any merit. You need more Ben Earls, you need more younger lads who are like, well, this is my opportunity. Let's just go balls out to the Do wall and see what happens. I liked uh, Ollie Chesson, who's obviously been out for, he's a young man, yeah. been yeah. out for a while, came on, made a, I can't remember who it was on, but he made a great hit straight off the line. It was like, that's the energy they yeah. need. When Ben Earl went to eight in both games, that's the energy they need. Yeah, Ben Earl looks like he wants... I mean, Billy actually carried a lot, uh, but he wasn't effective. He, yeah. I, mean, I, I kind of think that's a fitness thing, and anyone questioning if Billy wants to be there or not, well, probably got the wrong I, guy, because he does. I th- OK, so on, on individual personnel, I just, I'm just i not saying we can't have a discussion about any of them, because actually there's some I would like to have a chat about, but I, I almost want to stop short of really 
going too deep on players because I think this is system. It's exactly as yeah, we said. It's, it's something deeper. It's like, it's like we said. Like I said on the last podcast. Let's stop talking about which fly half plays for England yeah. because the because it does because as we saw, everyone was clamouring for Marcus Smith, and what do you know? Marcus Smith doesn't look good when he plays this type of game plan. Then when Owen Farrell got the got his uh, he's going through this whole shenanigans, a load of people started saying, "Oh, this is the best thing for England because now George Ford," and it makes no difference. They need. Well, I'm just going to be repeating myself from previous podcasts, but I think I was right two weeks ago. They need a different atmosphere where lads feel threatened for their place. But that that is not going to happen now. It's not, it's, or, it's too long, it? or, they, or they need to wait until their names are officially written down on that 33-man squad, handed into World Rugby, and then they can have a I would open up... Then, then, then they can just go, yeah, lads, we're, yeah. We're, not doing so, it. we're not doing that anymore. We're going to play ball. So difficult now, because I would open up the squad again. I would open up the squad and bring in new personnel. I mean, the idea... The, the, one of the big mental hurdles that England have, and this links to Owen Farrell, is that there's a lot of attitude that, do you know what, it's OK, Owen will save us. It's OK, Billy will save us. Oh, it's OK. You don't know that. Yeah, you're just, you're yeah, totally you do. yeah, you do. Well, yeah, because look at the selections. It's OK, Manu's back, that kind of thing. And, and this is prevalent in England. Manu's not been a world-class rugby player for six years. He might have had one good game in, in that time. Why is he wearing the England 12 j- jersey? Over every other 12... Go in, on then, name one. Um, Char- uh, Seb Atkinson for Gloucester. Play him. Come on. Well, well why? Who who else played? They've played Johnny Williams. They've played Grady. They've played Flewellyn. They, you know, they, Joe they, Roberts. Yeah, they've played everybody. So they've played North. They're, they're just looking at everybody. Like, to say Manu's coming back. Manu's coming back? Like, find, find me somebody else, anybody else. He's looked all right in the Premiership, to give him credit. He's looked OK, but he's not world-class. He's not looked much oh, better no, than... No, England don't have a world-class 12. Well, they no. might do if or they any, Or anything <laughs> remotely approaching yeah. one. The closest, they've got, to a, the closest they've got to a world-class 12 is Owen Farrell. Ollie Lawrence. I'm not calling Owen Farrell world-class 12. Ollie Lawrence. It's actually Nick Tompkins, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's another one that works. Chris Harris. Yeah. Chris Harris, Johnny Williams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, what have you done? What have you done? Um, You're so stupid. All just, just to loop back to the point. So, so I was making the point that England. So, first half in every first sixty minutes in every single game has looked awful, dreadful, and that, which is a combination of tactics, which are dull tactics executed badly. Correct. As we said last week, uh, not the week before because they were dreadful for the whole eighty, but last week and this week, when things change and they have to play. They've actually looked better. Now, I do wonder, because of what I said before about Borthwick saying, like, the teams that will just be in the arm wrestle for the last 20 minutes, maybe that is a deliberate tactic that you've just got to be in the fight for the last 20 minutes, and that is the only time you'll take the shackles off. If you're within one score of your position with 20 minutes to go, back yourself to score two tries or a penalty and a try, 10 points. That's the only thing that kind of explains what's going on uh, with a... A framing that allows me to be optimistic about it yeah. as an England fan. Um, whether that's going to be a successful tactic, probably not. But maybe that is a, a deliberate tactic. And that, okay. to play that, I think you might start to see using the uh, Eddie Jones vernacular of finishers or the Harlequin vernacular of game changers, something something like that, where you have Ben Earl on the bench, Marcus Smith on the bench. Flow modifies. So, yeah, somewhat. Um, Danny Kerr on the bench. Genge, Dan. Uh, yeah, 
Genge on the bench, Theo Dan on the bench. Sinclair on the bench. You could even have like Earl and Ludlam, someone like that, particularly if you have Laws starting. Ludlam would make a big difference, I think. Or um, George Martin starting, so you've got some versatility within the starting eight. So I, I can really see that. Do I like it as a tactic? Probably not. In the space that Borthwick has had, is it um, a workable, is it an achievable tactic? Maybe. Maybe they can get it working. Uh, do I think England are going to win the World Cup? No, absolutely what, not. What I don't understand about this England team is how does it intersect with what Steve Borthwick has already done and achieved? So we know what his style is, and he'll tell you openly in a press conference, he'll go, breakdown, defence, set piece. Mm-hmm. All of which look awful. Now, say so the lineout looked better this week. Lineout was all right, yeah, but he's going to be the best guy on the planet for lineouts. Yeah, he's but not it was a, be good. It, it was all right, and you're up against an international team that are trying to stop you from doing it. Yeah, but that's why you get the best guy in the business. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Like, but, but I don't yeah. think lineouts a problem. Other areas, well, yeah. yeah lineout last week was uh, it was made good because well, of let's put this Wales's poor throw in for Leicester to do what Leicester did. Their lineout had to be pretty much the best in the Premiership at producing uh, point scoring opportunities which is what it was which is why they were so which is why they won the premiership now if Baltic wants to succeed with his Baltic tactics he needs to not just to be good or competitive he needs to be dominant so that doesn't exist well th- so just on the lineup I, lineup this week was good I just looked at the stats so England won 12 out of 12 mm-hmm. 100% on the lineup and they also disrupted so they s- spoiled 3 of 19 yeah can I just add to that though there's winning a lineup and there's what you do subsequent with the lineup so oh, yeah. they had four malls, and this is like the board. But, so you win it, you need to maul it, and the yeah. malls all what, failed. What you got to remember, yes, they yeah. did, but they're up against the world's number one team. So they, they don't operate in a vacuum. If it was just it, like in training, they'd be trundling it over yeah. every try. I definitely, uh, I do see what you're saying. There's two teams playing, but the Borthwick style does not require you have one set of tactics for this team and another set of tactics for another team. It requires you have one set of tactics which works against all teams. Well, so it uh, can't really. I'm going really to get away with of, that. I'm going to repeat what I said last week, which is basically you need the threat. Uh, you need multiple threats for yep. any one threat to actually be mm. effective. And when you, when when the opposition know you're going to kick, and when the opposition know you're trying to win penalties to kick to the corner to then maul it, it makes it much much easier to nullify. Yeah. The second you have different threats, then suddenly some of the Irish back rows don't stick their head into to a defensive mall because they're like, actually, we need to be wary of and, uh, yeah. move that I, move. I mean, I'm 100% with you on that, but that's just not what he does. No. So he needs to be absolutely spot on at the things he says he's going to yeah. be spot on on, and they're just not. So, like, like I mean, now, if they did nail down the set piece, the mall, ironically, set piece mall defence they might actually start playing a little bit better and that ability to play better might actually open up the opportunities yeah. in the set piece, set piece, the more so and so forth. One of the big concerning words, more, I think right. it's come up, I think you, you've even mentioned it here, but one of, the, one of the big concerning words that sort of summarised England at the weekend against Ireland was slow. Yeah. They look cumbersome. <coughs> really slow. And it's, it's everything, because it, it was so prescribed. Like There was one in the first half where England won good line-up ball, went off the top, and it was Manu who crashed it in, through the middle, got front football, and um, instead of going fast and attacking the edges because Ireland, they've been pushed back and they're a bit disrupted, they just played it back. George Ford, prescribed move, he's in the pocket and he does a spiral bomb. And it's like, you've got, you've got precisely what you want. You've got good attacking front football in the opposition half, 
don't do the prescribed thing do the do what's the best thing at the time yeah which is what that it, even that pushes me down the Borthwick has got a tactic which is si- something along the lines of 60 minutes we're going to kick almost everything we will, we will just yeah. kick, kick, kick. Regardless and and of sp- quality of the ball, like you regardless, said. Yeah, regardless of whether it's... Good ball, good ball, do, do we just kick rubbish ball? No, 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 just kick it, good ball, bad ball, kick it. Yeah, there was one where uh, Ireland kicked deep to Anthony Watson. Anthony Watson gets a clean catch, he's got Freddie Stewart with him, and he's got open field in front of him. And the first thing he does is not look for space, he's not start accelerating, it's not a pass to Freddie Stewart to create to move people around the first thing he does as soon as he catches the ball is he signalled that he's going to kick that was it like, and that, that is like you've got one of the world's best yeah. attacking runners and if he signals his first movement is to signal to kick the defence know precisely what is going it's on crazy, isn't it? but there again it's a, he is it's a, a clear tactic and knows exactly what Steve Borthwick wants and has been successful yeah, yeah this is why yeah, yeah, so, so they're the, executing the, what the, the so, clear so, tactic so, so maybe so maybe we, actually all the talk of it needs mutiny and they're not happy with the system. Maybe that's totally wrong. Cause they, they, Maybe they're very they, happy. Maybe yeah, everyone's wrong. They appear to be dutifully executing what looks like quite a naive game plan. Yeah, but maybe it is. Like, they've only got a sh- short window of time. They can't do a complex game plan just because of the time constraints. They've not had four years to build to this like most teams. Mm. Therefore, they have to go simple. And teams have won World Cups with simple I suppose Razzie Erasmus went simple four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, like, like it's so but they had the personnel yeah, they to, need, so yeah, to bludgeon yeah. I'll give you an example right, of some smart selection, which I don't think we're going to see from Steve Baldwin yet. But when England saw South Africa, I can't remember if they won or not, actually, but it was at Twickenham. And South Africa came with this unbelievable pack. Just unbelievable. So the option was like, OK, do we put our best props and lose, or do we play Bevan Rod, who has something a little bit different? And they went Bevan Rod. Because, I guess, if you're not going to win the scrum, what's the point in putting your best scrummages on? Put on your best all-round rugby yeah, players. England won. That was the game when Manu went off injured, and it was Henry Slade, Joe Marchant. Right there, you go. Then yeah, yeah. So so they, they went. I seem to remember Rod having a few decent carries too. Mm. Now the England scrum, uh, Genge got an absolute hiding against Furlong. Furlong was miles better. In fact, the whole Irish scrum was miles better. So if they're going to be miles better, you do need to think of something else. Now Genge got absolutely monstered. He was terrible. Um, outside of a one or two, one or two carries, Stewart, for a guy who I thought was going to be a world class prop at one point, looks like he's completely lost up at this level. Completely lost. Um, Stewart and Stewart, they need to be very careful with this guy because he can do things and he's world class at the things that he does. But the things he can't do, I mean, <laughs> it's embarrassing, quite frankly. I mean, one, both one on one defence, one on one defence, yeah. defence and wide channels, both so, Mac- changing direct, changing. Uh, forward to running backwards. Yeah, yeah the, he, the Mac Hansen and the Ring Rose tries were almost identical, and it's it is really hard. That is you, very hard when yeah. you're trying to defend. But in both of them, I don't know if it's because positional. It, it, thing. Because I was going to say you're you were a winger, but uh, uh, in near your own line, you haven't got the luxury of showing the no, no, player the touch have, line. You yeah, have to, you have to fly at. Them. You have to make the tackle as you get to them, which is yeah. tough. But in both scenarios, he what looked like overran to compensate either for well my guess is to compensate for the fact that he's not actually the fastest bloke so he overran which meant that um, he was so easy to step back inside and in both counts Ringrose and Matt Hansen both just nicely easily stepped back inside he's very athletic on his own terms and what I mean by that is he changes direction nicely and he is quite fast 
when he has the ball. And so when, when he gets he can, up to speed. Yeah. So when he's at speed, when he decides to change direction, at the you know, at point of his choosing, he's fine. At a point of someone else's choosing, forget it. Like, <laughs> he looks level seven, frankly. Um, now, if you're going to pick a guy like that, because he's got some incredible, maybe world-class strengths, he might be a world-beater at some sort of things, but you, as a coach, have got to decide, how are we going to structure our systems to make sure he's not exposed? Because if I'm seeing it, in fact, if we're all seeing it, why are the coaches not seeing it and why are they not curing that? That's their job. I'm going to make a statement now which you won't di- you'll disagree with. And this is a personnel point, but I'm trying to make a broader point. So don't get fixated on the individual. Owen Farrell, go on. The person England uh, are missing <laughs> most at the minute, because of exactly the reason, they're going to pick Freddie Stewart a fullback. So that, that, if you're picking Freddie Stewart Mike fullback, Brown. Henry Slade. Oh. A second playmaker, like we we see, we've had the Farrell Alex Good at Saracens combination daily, daily being used as a second playmaker for um, for New Zealand. You have Bowden Barrett. Step. Every team, you kind of look. They have two players who step in as first receiver, two ball players, and England don't have that in the current lineup. They don't, do they? They don't. Although Elliot Daly does do a really good job of that <laughs> at Saracens. He looked... But, yeah, just looked, but, but, he's, on, re- but he, he's on the wing. And he, yeah, he rarely yeah. comes in as um, first receiver or second receiver. Well, I think the contrast between England's wings and their work rate compared to the Ireland wings and their... I mean, I think... You, you know, I, I know what you're saying about wingers, Tim, like they don't come in that much, but the amount of work that James Lowe does to help out well, uh, fly halves and... Mac Hansen was... Mac yeah, Hansen was... Does loads of work. On a couple of occasions was actually the first receiver... The first receiver off, off, out of the cross, crossfield right. kick for, yeah. for Gary Wingrose. So he was first receiver off the line out. Yeah. He was then also second receiver out the back and he was the one either mm. doing crossfield kick or the miss pass to create room outside. Yeah. And Mac, but Mac that, that was when I, he was the blindside winger. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mac, Mac Hansen, I, I was probably when he first got selected, I was probably a little bit upset that my boy Robbie Balakoon, who was arguably the form winger in uh, Europe at the time, didn't get selected over him. I now I do really rate Mac Hansen. He, yeah, he's one of those guys that like he didn't. I don't think he scored this game, did he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he stepped inside for his shoot. I think which which player it was. But I just remember watching him thinking, Christ, he might not be the guy who's going to score eight, like 80 yards, but if you're asking him to make eight yards, like, he's got that like wiry frame. He's not the fastest, but he's awkward. He's, and and, he, his all-round skill set is really, really yeah. good. Really good. And he, he's one. So I made the point a few weeks ago about England selecting uh, aesthetics first, followed by then, once you've got that, tick those aesthetic qualities, do they actually play well? And often, um, the uh, why surgeons should not look like surgeons argument, um, often, if you look the part, you don't always play the part. Mac Hansen does not look the part. He's, he's like awkward he really looking, does. he's wiry, he's probably 10 kg lighter than you would ideally want him well, to be as an international winger. He's 10 kg heavier and lighter. And lighter, yes. In yeah. the wrong parts, he's heavier. In the exactly. Right part. So he does not look, but he is one hell of a player. He is a boy. And like, England would always pick Thokken Singer over Mac Hansen, but Mac Hansen's a better international winger than Thokken Singer. Easily. Well, yeah. Chris Harris never got picked. On the yeah, best yeah. Well, no, I, I think that's a, that's a different one. Nobody was, nobody was caught, desperately calling for Chris Harris to get picked for England. No, and they were all wrong. No, 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 but no one was. He's, and Chris, Chris Harris also does look the part. 
Like yeah, he does. He's yeah. tall. Um, he's athletic. Like, yep. he, he's not. He d- he doesn't fail the as- aesthetics test. Someone like neither does Johnny Williams. I mean, Johnny Williams is like a post a post. Yeah, actually. yeah. Those don't fail the aesthetics. But they still don't get picked. Yeah, yeah. No, agreed. Yeah. Just on Ireland, Ireland. So. I said a few weeks ago again that, that uh, it was in relation to the Italy game, but you could make it in relation to any game in the last couple of years for Ireland. They always do more. They always, even when they're not playing well, they'll get a four-five try win. And this game, I don't think they played particularly well. They, the first half, the number of errors from both teams. Like yeah. England, if England were trying to bring the game down into the mud, they were successful because yeah. Ireland had a load of failures to secure ball. Um, Rooks and Malls, failure to um, clear their lines well, failure to retain the ball. It was just a stop-start gain game, but they still comfortably scored five tries. Scrum was good, though. Yeah, like, scrum, yeah, scrum was good. And it's England's inability to put pressure on a faltering team, which is, should be really worrying, actually. This island team, a lot of them haven't played since May. Yeah. Um, this, they, was the, this was them just shaking the rust off. Yeah, yeah. And probably for the point that you made before, Tim, that they've got... their Come game two, so they'll have, they'll have had two games in the World Cup proper, and they'll still be warming up. Like the first two games are their warm ups against Romania and Tonga, and then they've, they've got to be right for those two games. So it's 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 kind of a mistake that Ireland made last time in peaking early. They peaked. Yeah. So I actually watched this year in warm up for this game. I watched the England played Ireland twice in 2019. They played in the Six Nations and in uh, the Summer Internationals, and this year they played in the Six Nations and the Summer Internationals. England won twice in 2019. They beat them in Dublin in the Six Nations in the game that Henry Slade scored a brace, and then they hammered Ireland, absolutely hammered them, 50-odd points to 10 in the Summer Internationals. And that was an Ireland team that nine months earlier were picking up all of the awards in Monaco. They were team of the year, Johnny Sexton was player of the year, they were unbeaten in 2018, they won a Grand Slam in 2018. They were the team in 2018. Come 2019, they were already spent. Now, mm. they didn't win a Grand they won four out of five in 2018. They've won a Grand Slam in 2019, and so they're, you can see they're trying to peak at the right time. Whether that's <laughs> going to be successful... The burden is such. It's, I mean, it's self-made. It might not even be real, but it, it is might, yeah. real. Do, it's uh, correlations and equal causation yeah. kind of thing. It's, it's, make, I can it's, see it's, it is nine Rugby World Cups all quarterfinals. Quarter I, I, I'm building this narrative in my head as well, and I'm like, I'm thinking, God, they've got. Do they, do they um, lean more towards the Stuart Lancaster chokers uh, that Leinster have turned out to be losing uh, four of the last six um, Champions Cup? finals or whatever it is three out of the last six four out of the last six or are they going to be more like Roundtree who was successful this year yeah more like Farrell who is I think the the influence of those two is more of the the gritty grind out winning winners whereas Lancaster's the will be really nice but not quite do it at the big stage yeah which influences them more which is the dominant thought of the camp I think when you've got Andy Farrell leading you and Johnny Sexton as your captain, I think 
Well, Johnny Sexton's and, not won a, a Heineken Cup for a long time. No, but guys, but and then you got oh. guys. Then you got guys like Omani. Omani, that's the guy you want to be talking to. Yeah, yeah. You want to be talking to uh, Johnny Sexton's got nothing to say on on this subject whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Omani, just go straight to him. So yeah, yeah. Island slight worrying. We spoke about Jamie George and all the uh, English hooker eggs in that basket. Um, Island have got more depth at hooker. Uh, Unquestionably, they have Tom, like Tom Stewart would be in the England squad if he were English. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Robbie Herring is very experienced, a very solid all-round player, and Kelleher is a very good player. Though he's injured and probably won't see him until mm. the World Cup. Um, but Sheehan Sheehan has been the boy. Sheehan's probably he is the along, boy, isn't he? alongside March and and um, Marks, Malcolm Marks. He's probably one of the top three hooks in the world right now. I was thinking, what on earth has... has Mon- Montage should get mentioned as well. Yeah, as Mont- as yeah good point. Where are you going with that? I thought, like, what has Marchant and, <laughs> and Sheen got in common? But, okay, <laughs> fine. The, yeah, the other one. Marchand. Marchand. Duh. 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 Yes. Oh, dearie me. It's hard. It's it's really hard being an England fan. It's, it's great, oh, it's isn't it? Profitable, though, I Profitable, though. God, you're making some money. <laughs> Uh, I, it's going to be fascinating to see how they go. I mean, they, they can be as bad as they want, can't they? As long as they beat Argentina, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't even matter if they don't well, beat Argentina. They 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 will go through the group because Japan are, Japan are not the team Japan they were. We should beat Samoa with their stupid yeah. entitled cry faces. England will beat Japan and Samoa. I'm confident to say that. And you know, if I look silly saying it, fine. England will beat Japan. Definitely, and, ch- and they should ch- beat Samoa like and Chile. 80 Oh, of course they'll beat Chile. So yeah. they're in a quarter final, and then they play probably Australia. Yeah, I, and I'll take that. Yeah, I'll yeah. take that as a because that's that's a that's a coin toss to get to a, a semi final, and then playing what I hundred percent believe is the Borthwick tactic of sixty minutes try not to play, try to stop both teams from playing rugby, twenty minutes roll the dice. That could get you through a World Cup semi final. It could. So, just <laughs> glass half full, Englishman. Um, Eddie Jones is outburst last week when he's wearing the, his fedora or whatever it was, his hat. Yeah, his Indiana uh, Jones hat or whatever. It's right. yeah. Now, do you know on that same day he lost his attack coach? Yeah, we never mentioned that. Yeah, so well, was this just a whole smoke screen? So we didn't maybe, get any. Maybe probably he does. He, he's quite false adept. flag. Adept. Yeah, false yeah. flag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. he's quite adept at like. The magician's trick of don't look over here, look over here. And then yeah. he said, "We'll recruit to make us better," which is a damning indictment of it. Is it Brad? Bradley? De- no, that's the old second row. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
He's a, the Irish fella. Doesn't matter. It does matter. No, it doesn't. Tim, can you stop saying it doesn't matter? It does matter. It matters that you know these things. Bradley, De- no. Davis, Davis, no, Brad. It, well, Brad. Find it out. Look it up on your phone. He, no, he was the guy at London Irish. What's his name? It's going to bug me now. And the Welsh attack coach. Don't, maybe well, look, it's look Brad it Davis. Up. Look it up. Brad Davis, maybe. I don't know. Whatever. Look it up and then tell us who it is. Otherwise, let's just talk about something else. Well, right. speaking of Australia coaches or former Australia rugby coaches who got fired by Eddie Jones, one of them has resurfaced. Australian rugby coaches fired by Eddie Jones. Okay, which one with this? Friend of the pod. Australian? Uh, he's not Australian, but he was Australian scrum coach when Eddie Jones came in. Oh, Petrus Duplessis. Yeah, Petrus Duplessis. Do you know where he's surfaced? Nope. Uh, scrum coach, or maybe Ford's coach, of Leicester Tigers. Oh, wow. Very good. So I think it's a temporary appointment, but it's a good appointment. Yeah, it is a good appointment. Yeah. Oh, good, that makes sense. Good gig for para. No, I won't be temporary. That will be full-time, surely. Because the guy who has got the Leicester Tigers job is an Australian and was part of the Australian coaching yeah. setup. Yeah. So the, as I understand it, that I can't remember his name now, but he was meant to be the Dan, next Australia coach. Dan, is it Dan? Dan McKellar. Yes. He may be the next Australia coach. Eddie Jones took that. That's why he left Australia. That's why he's available. And then Power obviously got fired by Eddie Jones, and then he brought him over. Oh, no. So, uh, Petra Super C has been appointed as interim scrum coach until the arrival of new scrum coach Dan Palmer when his Ooh. commitments with the Wallabies are complete. There you go. So, it is It is temporary. Hmm. Good stuff. Good, yeah. Good uh, appointment for Tigers. So, we've done. Oh, I guess we'll have to do Wales next. Have we said, have said all you want to say on Ireland? Yeah, they're they're in, just in third gear, going through the. They'll be they'll be they'll be fine. They'll yeah, be, they'll be shake fine. off the rough. They'll be fine until the quarterfinals, and then we can talk about them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although Scotland are going to make things interesting in that group, that is they that are. is the worst group to be in. Group of death. It's horrendous. It's, it's yeah. horrendous. So unf- so, so unfair. And I, yeah, well, it makes the pool stages amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what can I say about the Wales game? I guess having props with a combined... Sorry, there's one thing I have to say yes, of before course. we leave England. Just It's only a very quick one. Please. Love Benel, as you said. Yep. yep. He can't he, he can't carry on celebrating not a straight line out. 100% disagree. You need <laughs> you need more people like Benel who it matters to you that much. No. And less people like Ellis Genge and no. Sinclair. I totally and disagree. Owen Cryface Farrell and all the... If, if he wins a turnover... Or he makes a massive dominant tackle and smashes someone into touch. If he if 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 he does something, celebrate like you've won the World Cup. I don't care. When Ireland throw a not straight line out, yes. you, you don't celebrate he's, like he's that. learnt from the best. He's learnt from Mario Toji yeah. with a hand in the air, a signature hand clap. Yeah, I'm not saying it's <laughs> ideal. But when he's got to carry the enthusiasm load for the other 14 lads, I give him a pass. Because <laughs> no one else is doing it. <laughs> ben, Hill, ben Hill can do what he wants at the moment. Yeah, he's the only, I, make, him, make him captain. I, wa- I want to see in that last 20 minutes the... Uh, the it's like a Finn Sanity type last 20 minutes that England are going to employ in the World Cup. Both Sanity or something. Um, it's going to be fourth sanity. It's the most boring seven <laughs> thing possible. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be world a journey. It's going to be Ben Earl, Lewis Ludlam, and Tom Curry in the back row. Now it's going to be nuts. That, do you know Billy not being there is not ideal? I feel for him. Um, I mean, he will be available he, later. He on. more than likely won't be available for Argentina. I don't think it'll be any worse than that. Yeah. Mm. Well, let's hope not. Um, but who knows with the roulette wheel? Of do you know? Like, I don't think it's bad to have that Ludlam. 
Ludlam Earl Cove? No, it's, yeah. it's one area where I'm not bothered. No, I don't like the sort of vindictive way a lot of people frame it, where they go, oh, this is the best thing, for, like they did with Owen Farrell. It's the best thing for England, because now George, George Ford will get a go. People going, oh, this will improve England. Thank goodness. Please, can you rule Billy out for the whole World Cup? Whatever. I would leave but the point now. is, it doesn't really matter in the back would you, row. Would you leave him at home now? No. I, I, I actually said no. last week I probably would too. Oh, no, but, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, not, but not, not, not because now. he not got his, a red card. Yeah, and not, bec- not picked and then... No. Dumped. Well, yeah, I wouldn't do it like if he was. Well, there's no one in England good enough for me to actually make. It doesn't again. It doesn't matter. People going, oh, get Zach Mercer in. It's like, well, no. If if Steve Wolfett wants to play the game plan, he's got. I like. I I prefer Zach Mercer personally. I've been calling for him since he was yeah, an, since I he was an option. But it's like just it's not, doesn't tick the aesthetic do, criteria. Do you know what? Though, Tim? I think it's only half the story. You're definitely mostly right when you say it is the it is the system. But if no one's got any enthusiasm for it, maybe you just need to get enthusiastic lads. Maybe the system works with more enthusiasm. Because these lads are not enthusiastic. I mean, there's no... If you, want, if you want, as we've talked about with Zach Mercer before, when England announced their squad... Zach Mercer's not the answer, by the way. If you want to not have the ball for 70% yeah. of the possession, <laughs> Zach Mercer is not... no point having Zach Al- Mercer. Alex yeah, Dombrandt is not the answer. Alex Dombrandt's not the answer. 100% yeah. not. But... Maybe Ludlam is. Yeah, maybe Ludlam yeah. is. Maybe Curry is. Curry. And yeah, maybe yeah. Hill is. I mean, actually, you, put, you know, if you'd have told me you know, under that Mercer criteria, maybe Ben Earl falls into that because his skill set is ball in hand. I mean, he's great at turnovers, but his skill set is, is ball in hand. His, his skill set's also work rate. Yeah. He just hits things. Yeah. He's so fit and so hard. He's very good. He's very, very good. So, um, Wales. I'd love to know how he would have got on in the CrossFit games, Ben Earl. He'd, he'd win it. Win it easy. I canter. I'm not sure he's doing a 16 minute 5k or whatever time you told me. 15 minute? I, uh, 105 kg or whatever he rocks around at. I don't think what do you reckon Ben Earl could do a 5k in? If he rocked up at a park run somewhere, what do you reckon Ben Earl would do? I think he should, just because of his weight, I think he'd struggle to do under under the 20 minutes. So you, like, think, you, think I, you think me and Ben Earl will be about the same? No, Ben Earl will be faster than me. No, because he doesn't train for that. Like, is he, yeah. He'll never do that. But then I bet he's got a rock solid mindset. Yeah, yeah, but he won't be. He um, won't be used to pacing at yeah. all. Like he won't just won't run that. He won't know what four minute keys feel like doing back to back to back to back four minute keys. Who would know this? Who would know? Let me see, let me look through my phone. Book. Like, I guess probably like in terms of standard standard w- uh, workout distances and stuff that rugby players would actually be really good at that they don't train for a two k row. Because that's like yeah. seven Eight, minutes. They, yeah, could, they yeah. could empty the tank doing that. I yes. got, I got seven. That's, that's one third, yeah. like as in time wise, it's one third of a good five yeah. k time. You got what, JB? Seven oh three. Oh, very good. Mm. But I want six thirty. That's what I want. Six thirty. No way. You're not, I will get six thirty. No, you won't. I will get. <laughs> no, I'll get somewhere between six thirty. The be- best I've ever got was six thirty six, and I got that when I was twenty one. Yeah, I think. And I'm, you were training as a university well, rower, rowing. rowing twice I think a day. I can get between six thirty and six forty. Somewhere no, between that. I, I, I I'll put a bet on right now. I yeah, really that. I'll take that bet because, mate, there's no way. Yeah, there is a way. There is definitely a way. There, oh, there's definitely. A way. Do you I know any? Definitely do it. Do you any? Do you know any doctors who've worked in the Tour de France? <laughs> <laughs> no, go on. <laughs> there is a way. There's always yeah. a way. Without without doping, that's not <laughs> that, possible. Mate. But look, I've, no, it's, of course it's possible. It's, but it's, no, mate, I mean, no. you'd have to. You would have to totally. Will, it, you, will you accept? Anything under six forty is success, mate. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's done. incredible done. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely do that. That would be. I'd want to see it. I'd want first hand witness. I'll do it. 
Yeah, it would have to be filmed. I'm not. I'm not taking your word for it. You're not just going to let me take a picture that of the. That is Take a picture of the thing. No. The difference between seven minutes and six forty is massive. Massive. Yeah. I'd like to see it. It's, it's always good to have targets. Yeah, of course I can do that. What's the split? Well, you'd have to be doing a split time between one thirty. Just yeah, you'd have to be sub one forty. Yeah, sub one forty. Yeah. Yeah, one forty. One forty would get a one forty split would be six forty. Yeah, exactly on the nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thirty nine. Yeah, exactly. One thirty nine point nine. Definitely God. That's that's the worst I've ever felt after any workout (laughs) of doing a two k row. Yeah, it's horrific, isn't it? Actually, I wasn't too bad after mine, which is why I think I'll go faster. And yeah, then, yeah and, I'm and sure you can go faster. Sub seven would be impressive. At your age, at our age, and sub, then you drop the hammer about two. I've never, done, I've never even thought about. It, but then you drop the hammer about two hundred meters. Do you three hundred meters? Then you really go for it. Last two hundred. Well, actually, one of the big ones is you. You drop the hammer the first ten strokes, and then then get into a rhythm. That? Then you get you. So you go hard like a big ten to start. Why is that? Well, because you because your anaerobic. Um, your, your anaerobic stores are like thirty seconds anyway. Yeah, rowing. If you if you just went full bore, as hard as you can, you you, you can barely do more than like ninety seconds Got maximum. It. Yeah. So rowing, as they, I know this is a rugby podcast, right? But rowing in and of itself is an absolute art form. People don't think it is, but there is so much to it. Oh yeah, it's a joke. So one, I just looked up what his time was. So a guy I worked with um, was full time. Oh, full time rower. He's a um, rower at Manchester. University of Manchester and was very good in his days. He's about I'd say six six. So he's good, oh, okay. good long go. levers. Let me guess. I reckon it'll be five fifty seven. No, not five. Right. Six fifteen point six was really his good. was his best time, which is wow, very very good. Wow, yeah, wow. Right, well, challenge. But he, he made exactly that point that you do your first whatever it is ten twelve strokes like full bore. You settle into a rhythm and then you try and you, you, you try and empty the tank right at the end. Yeah, if you've the got tank, anything but, left, but, you, but emptying the tank usually doesn't mean you go faster. It means you, harder. You, you you no, you stop stop, you the, stop the decline. Yeah. You try and hold on as close as you can to uh, to your rating. Could, but you're working so hard relatively. The lats cast in your, your yeah, legs is burning. You're not so giving, hold it. You're just trying to hold on. You're not trying to have a sprint finish. If you if you if you've got so that's sp- exactly what I was trying trying to do. If you've got a sprint finish and you you can go faster at the end, you haven't gone fast enough before. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I completely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. So they, I only got three hundred. It was like go hard and now, which I could do, which means I've definitely got more. Definitely got more. Okay. So anyway, there we go. That. That's impressive, mate. There we go. Um. Yeah. Any well, positives for Wales? Stash kit's good. <laughs> kit is good. I mean, they both, are, of the, both of these first team jerseys really nice. They are, aren't they? Um, they're finding out a lot about a lot of players. Well, a lot of players. I thought so. I I thought that I, I was like uh, my perspective was like oh this is only like third choice guys that they're you know a load of these guys that now that now Warren Gatlin's got to see him against a really good team he, he knows what they're about but Wales's squad at the minute is only. 37 I think so there's only four of there's only four of the entire squad aren't going to be going to a World Cup yeah the combinations are in it and uh, Aserati and Domachowski they, oh they're, my goodness they're going to be playing they're going to be getting some game time aren't they I look yeah, like that hopefully the... not against the top top. Uh, well Australia is the only top team in their pool really Australia is the only tier one but Georgia scrummaging Fiji and Georgia and Fiji have been working on their set piece I I mean, this is a bad result. They're, is, not, they're not South Africa. So this, this is a this real come down to earth moment for Wales. I think fifty-two sixteen. Yeah, it's bad. Including 
was it two interception tries maybe more maybe there was a third one in there yes yeah, so the interceptions came around the half time mark or at least one of them there was the Jesse Creel one yep. and the Moody one uh, I think one either side oh no were they both in the second half anyway Rio Dyer played nicely in bits I'd say um Disappointing that this back row did not perform. Uh, just, just on Rio Dyer, that I mean, again, another slice of evidence that makes me think something, something significant is going to happen because of an official at this World Cup. Go on, what, what do you mean? That penalty try, and yellow card for Rio Dyer, like yeah. just a shocking call. Yeah, uh, rugby is officiating itself into an early grave, isn't it? There's so much worry about head in, head injuries and perception. And, I don't know where it's all coming from, um, but it's trashing the game. So the solution to the upcoming lawsuits, which I do not believe are a threat in the first place, they're worried about that ruining the game. Well, they're actually ruining the game by trying to you know, head it off in the first place. So who knows? So uh, yeah, on, on this point, it was pretty clear, as far as I could see, that Moody did touch the ball and therefore knocked it on, and, th- and that negated Rio Dyer slapping the ball into touch. It couldn't have been a South Africa try because of the knock-on. Mm. Uh, Andrew Bray seemed to think that. Then he was chatting with his TMO, Joy Neville, who she was like, oh, it's unclear, I can't really tell. Even though when I lo- was looking at it, I was going, no, there. Clearly you can see. Anyway, as was pointed out on one of our WhatsApp groups, this is just rugby. The, you could you could tell Andrew Brace was like, I think I've seen it knock-on, but okay, the TMO's saying they're not sure, so... Okay, I'll give penalty try yellow card. But, but uh, someone on a WhatsApp group that, that we're all in made the point that in rugby league they have a clear protocol, rightly or wrongly. I'm not. I, I actually prefer all the power basically to rest with the referee if I had to choose. But in rugby league they have at the point uh, it gets referred upstairs. The TMO makes the call, and that's yep. it. And it all gets and it comes up on the screen, yeah. isn't it, with a little countdown clock? Yeah. It's- but- how on earth did you do that without the player's legal representative there? It's a great question. <laughs> it's a good question. It is a great question. Well, on that one as well. And now, I, I'm I'm glad it was yellow only. Let me be absolutely clear on this. But uh, Damien Willemser for South Africa uh, tackled... Uh, who was it? He tackled high. It doesn't really matter. I think it might have been Rio Dyer even. Anyway, he, he made a tackle high, got a yellow card, sent to the TMO bunker, and it was yellow card only. Now, we don't know the decision for this, but it looked very much... It looked very similar to the tackle which caused all of this shitstorm with Owen Farrell. It looked very similar. And a significant and late change of direction by the Wales player um, sort of sent them more towards Damien Willems' shoulder. Mm. Just interesting. Very little reaction by anybody in the world. And not to say Owen Farrell didn't deserve a red card. I think on balance he probably did. But it's quite interesting with a real life example of when it wasn't Owen Farrell. How, how <laughs> no lit- one cares. How little anybody cares. Yeah, I've not even actually seen the incident, no. and I, I actually searched for it earlier. And I couldn't find it, so that is how little anyone cares. Yeah, uh, well, it's the opposite to the Richie McCaw effect, isn't it? Owen Farrell is marked as a high shot merchant, so there are more chances of him being called up for it. Do you know what I did go and look at actually on that was the the, the red card he got earlier this in January because P- 
people, pe- people including yourself, talk about, oh, we should have got that red against Andre Esterhazen. And Definitely. As, we, uh, as, we, as, as Phil and I debunked it midweek, that was, th- that was not a red card by today's standards, let alone I think it's at least a yellow card. I can see it being a red card. Mm. I, can, I can see it getting given as a yellow card. It wasn't red. It wasn't red. I think with the players... The lack of a wrap is... It was not red. I think with the players' legal representative there, it's definitely not... It might be a penalty. What yeah. do you mean? Might be a penalty with the oh, with the representative there. Yeah, 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 yeah. There. But but the other one was the, the the tackle we got a red card for in January against Gloucester, which again, when you look at that, you go. Who, who did he hit? In- uh, Ruin Ackerman, I think it was. It wasn't. No, who was it? Uh, now I know because um, friend of the pod, Ollie Poole, has prepared a quiz for us. Which that is one of the questions. Oh, let's not talk about who it was then. Oh, shall we? So, shall we play the quiz? Oh no, I remember that. Oh, for this, yeah, I can do it now. Do the quiz, I'd do forgotten the quiz. about. Yeah. Do the quiz. I'd forgotten it. But oh, okay, cool. So it's, uh, the, it's the different players. Uh, so anyway, on that, I looked. Yeah, you made the point, and I'll so get the quiz I ready. The point. Is I, I looked at it again, and I go, okay, I can see why red was given, but the Gloucester player was hinged at the waist, almost ninety degrees, and Owen Farrell was hinged at the waist, about sixty degrees, and it clocked him on the shoulder. I just, mm. I just it's anyway. rubbish Tim it's rubbish we um, all know it's rubbish we all know it's rubbish mm. but if you don't you know bow down and mouth the right words you're not serious about play, player welfare yeah. and therefore you should be burned at the stake you're not, you're not allowed to say rugby's a very dangerous game and that's, nope, what, that's, absolutely, what, no, that's no, why I love mothers it mothers won't send their kids there Tim mothers won't, because we're appealing to mothers now because that's why young men want to play dangerous sports because their mothers say do you not know mm. right uh, have you got a phone on airplane oh. mode or something along those lines? Yeah. Something that you can write I something got on. Google got, Assistant got, listening got. to your questions <laughs> as we speak. Keep, I've Siri. Got, I've got my notes open. Go. Siri, keep your uh, mouth shut and listen to these questions. Question number one. Which player has the most red cards in international rugby? Oh, goodness, that's a great question. Mm. Wow. Question number two. Name the two Wasps players that Owen Farrell has, <laughs> uh, has caused concussions on. The two Wasps players? Wasps players. Okay, well, obviously we've both got one. It's the second one. So if you, if you, if you weren't so one-eyed about Owen Farrell, you'd know this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> and because you are so one-eyed about Owen Farrell, you, do know, you do know this. <laughs> <laughs> um, question number three. Uh, this is Ollie Poole's words. I don't, do not condone violence. Um, an awesome fight in Rugby World Cup 1995 Ooh. led to three sending off in one go. Which two countries were involved? 95. 95. Three sending offs in one go. I have no idea. 97, 95. Uh, yeah, I think I know this one. And uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure I know one of the players that... I think there's one very well-known person that was involved. Mm. If, if, I, if it's the one I'm thinking of. Okay, next question. I can't remember what number we're on to now. Poole did not um, number the questions. Idiots. 
Uh, where are we? There we are. Who was the first England player to be sent off in a test match? <laughs> do you know that, Tim? I think I may do, yeah. Do you? Do you know which game it was? I think I do. Go on. Do you want to put in the game for, for a bonus point? Put in the game if you want. And would you? And can we put in who who he... Like, <laughs> so you, you know when you try to engineer extra points for yourself. <laughs> and like maybe who the altercation was with if it wasn't in the yeah, altercation. And negative points if you get it wrong. Yeah. On okay. those two. Perfect. Because you sound very smug. <laughs> okay. Next question. I think... I think you um, might know this one. Name the South African that Owen Farrell famously did not get carded for. For um, Poole has actually written knocking out, but I think no. it's knocking over. Knocking, knocking over, borderline legally, definitely not red card worthy. Yes. Maybe red so card. Next borderline card. red card, definitely yellow card. And when you when you take into account his. Um, his in past rap. in rap his, his exemplary international record yes and he's a, a captain of his country yeah um, and a bonus point on that one JB you like bonus points what was the year that Owen Farrell famously oh, did not I get even carded I said it on this podcast yeah it's an easy one that okay next question let's go let's go next question we'll fly through these next ones which country has the most red cards in rugby world cups okay hmm I'm guessing that I'm guessing that one based on an earlier answer. Which fly half has had six yellow cards? So the most for any fly half. Uh in international. International, yeah, sorry, not not six fly halves in any. And didn't Danny Care get six yellow cards last season? Yeah. For no, I think almost entirely for no, uh, deliberate knock-ons. Um and then, other than the fly half who has six yellow cards, which other back as the um, worst dis- disciplined back has seven yellow cards? Hmm. So, two people worse than Owen Farrell, unless he is both of those. Uh, <laughs> answers? Is this yellow cards you have to, yeah? Um, that is, yeah. So, fly half with six, six yellows and another back who has seven yellows. Okay. Penultimate question. Mm. Which Gloucester forward did Farrell have to go to tackle school for for hitting in the head earlier this year? <laughs> okay, we know who it isn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've, I, I think I've got that one. And oh, oh, no, no, no. Oh. Okay, forward, yeah? Uh, he does say yes which Gloucester forward I seem to remember it being a kind of pick and go or certainly very close to a rook correct Um, finally last question in what decade was the first red card given to an international rugby player okay Um, right Go with that. Okay. Question number one. Which player has the most red cards in tests? I guessed Alessandro Tuolangi. Ooh, it's a complete guess. I went with Lavanini. Uh, I also guessed Lavanini, and it was correct. Yes! Oh, very good. One 
point to JB. Oh, thank God. Well done. Oh God, the stress is getting to me. And I got so um, I got five points from this quiz. Okay. Uh, Including your three bonus points on... Um... <laughs> Including all my bonus <laughs> yeah. points. So no negative marking for mine, because I didn't guess the others. Okay. But there would have been negative mar- marking had I been smug enough to guess the others. Um, question number two. Uh, Tim, you can tell me first, because I think JB knows them, the two Wasps players that Owen Farrell has knocked out. Well, no, it was Charlie Atkinson, mm-hmm. one. The yeah. second one, I was just guessing, so I guess Gabriel Ogre. Oh, Dan Robson. Is oh, correct. Oh, nice. you so JB goes you said to it gleefully three. Last week, poor Dan Robson. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wrong place. What, what has Owen Farrell got against England scrum halves? He hates them all. Uh, <laughs> so JB is two, three, three, three points one to up. one. Uh, an awesome Ollie Poole's words. Awesome fight in Rugby World Cup 1995 led to three sending offs in one is goal. Is it a point each for each uh, country, or just one point for the right game? Uh, point for each country, surely. Let's do a point for each country. That's fair. So, I don't know. I've guessed England-Australia. I think in 1995, there was a fight, if I remember, Razzie Erasmus was a key figure in it, oh, South Africa no. v Canada. I think... Is correct. Well done. <laughs> correct. Stuff. Three Very all. good. Three all. Leveled it off. Um, then, oh, this um, this is horrendous, the, um, the way that the answers... So, have gone. You, so we'll have to put this extra two points in well, in brackets, well, depending on how on, I do compared on, to JB. As this is negatively marked, why don't we do this one at the end? Because it could win me it, or it could actually lose it me. Right, okay, because right, we're three all at the minute. So the yeah. next one was the first England player to be sent off in a test, but we will, yeah, we will yeah. treat that for the end. The next one was the South African. Yeah. That Faz famously did not get carded for. Which we both got the point for. Esther Hazen. Esther Hazen. And the year, JB, I've got 2020. 2020. 2018. 2018 is correct. Wow, is that long ago? Yes. And it was, I, 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 I said point. it about five yeah. minutes ago. Uh, we, when we were, we were looking at it the other day on a WhatsApp group, mm. and I kind of made the point that that was... We didn't... I don't think we really knew what an, a beast Andre Esther Hazen was at that moment in yeah. time. But now... We do uh, now knowing what an absolute monster Esther Hazen is, like, legal or not, like p- parking parking the legalities of it. It's a massive hit. It's yeah, absolutely it enormous hit on an enormous man. So next, next question, answer, question you... six, most red cards. So I immediately want to say Argentina, but I've got a feeling it's going to be someone like Fiji. I've guessed Samoa. Uh, Samoa. What have you written down? I've written down Argentina, but can I just say, there was a game, wasn't there, with five red cards or something? And it was Italy, Fiji, I want to say. So Was that a World Cup game? No, it wasn't. It was an awesome... Oh, it oh was it international? Is it World Cup? No, it's World, this is World Cup. Oh, it was all World Cup? You, oh, World, you've written down Argentina. Oh, it's Argentina. Argentina. You'll probably get the right answer for that. Uh, I guess Fiji. It was incorrect. It's Canada. Uh, of which two, partly two, <laughs> two of them were in that in that fight was, with Razzie Erasmus. Yeah, so no points for that one. Um, so my four three up. Yes, uh, you, you want no one point up. Five four up. Five, five four. four up. Yes, one point up. Uh, the next question was the fly half question. These are World Cups, right? No, so this is not. This is just right, okay, six yeah. yellow cards in all competition, all international be, competition. Has to be Butch James. I've guessed Dan Bigger. <laughs> That's a good guess, actually. I guessed... Did I guess Dan Bigger? I think I'd guessed Dan Bigger. 
I did guess Dan Bigger for the petulance. It's not. It's um, friend of the pod, Quade Cooper. He's really? got yellow... Is he six six, yellow, six cards? yellow cards in wow. How is tests. it not Butch James? <laughs> Good question. Butch James only got a couple. He only and, did reds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't even reds back in the day. Just yeah. let the boys play. Uh, and which other back has seven yellows? Ashton, surely to God. Oh, Ashton, I, I, Ashton's I, I, a good show. I just guessed Alessandro Tuolangi, my first answer again. It's Brian Habana. What? Which one can only assume is... Knock-ons, Deliberate knock-ons. Well, I would give him a yellow card for those Sage adverts. Yeah. They yeah. are a disgrace. They are so annoying, those Sage adverts. <laughs> <laughs> so, next one's really difficult, right? Because if it's not... If it's not... Ackerman. Ackerman. Yeah, we know it's not Ackerman. It's a forward. It is a forward. And I can't remember anyone of note being hit, so I've gone Ben Morgan, because I see Ben Morgan might be mistaken for Ackerman. But for some reason, I've got Geordie Reid in my head, so I've got Ben Morgan or Geordie Reid. I'm going with Geordie Reid. Okay. Geordie Reid. I, I thought it was Ruin Ackerman because of the, the the fair hair of the player, so for that reason, I've, if it's not Ackerman, I'm guessing Freddie Clark. Because he's similar size and shape nice. and hair. So I guess Freddie Clark. Because I could remember, and I was like, I, I seem to remember it being a bit of blonde or a hint of blonde. Mm. I was like, I'm sure it wasn't Jack Singleton who also has a little bit of that. Was it Singleton? It wasn't Singleton. No. Wasn't I guess Freddie, Freddie Clark. It wasn't Clark either. It wasn't Freddie Clark. Oh. It's a, it, it, this is a tough one. It was Jack Clement. Oh. Jack Clement. Of course. Um... Well, final question in so, the quiz. But so am Paul, I still on five, which is equal with you? F- five and four. Yeah, you're still equal to me. <sighs> uh, with two two questions to go. And I, I did get zero points in these two questions as mm. well. Um, so what decade... This is the true last question, but then we've got one more to go back on. What was the first red card? What decade was the first red the card 80s. given I, in, in international? I, I guess the 80s. Yeah, 89 is in my mind. So I guessed 80s. Oh, God. There was definitely one at the 87 World Cup, so it was before was that? that. And there was Federico Mendes punched uh, on his debut for Argentina, kn- right. knocked out Paul Ackford, the England lock. So, yes. and Poole took great glee in saying to me that when I guessed 1980s, as you two did, that we were all out by 100 years. <laughs> <laughs> so Willie Thomas... Oh, so I said 80s. I didn't say 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Willie Thomas of Wales was sent off against Scotland for brawling uh, in 1881 Christ. and the match was abandoned after 15 minutes. That oh, must have been incredible. bad. That must have been bad. <laughs> so we're back to JB. You're a point there down. Th- you're a point down and there are three points available for the first England player... To get sent off. So let me I'll tell you what, let me write down your three answers. Okay. So, so you you say Lewis Moody. Lewis Moody. Oh no. Yeah. Samoa. Samoa. Oh no. In O three. Alisana to Alangi. Alisana. It's not fair, the extra points that aren't fair. The extra points aren't fair. So so it's negatively marked. So Tim, what did you write down? Did you did you put any answers for second and third? Because you well, um, well, if if I have the choice to or not to, then I'll, I'll I won't. Uh, I guessed Elliot Daly. Elliot Daly was that against, game against Argentina. That game against Argentina, but um, but that's the only one I could think of. But then I think maybe he was a, there was something about his red card that was significant, and I could I, he can't have been the first. Maybe he was the first back, or maybe he was the he was the first player on debut or something like that. Maybe debut. Maybe. maybe. Anyway, there was something I couldn't think of another one, so I just went Elliot Daly, but. So, 
And are you just, are you committing? Uh, no, because no, I'm not going to. Well, do you you know the team? But you don't know who he. It was taking someone out in the air. That wasn't it. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. who he took out. So, so, so J, if JB gets the three points, so Tim has gone for one point. Yeah, um, he's not got a point. Cocker. No. So Cocker finishes on five points. Level with Phil. Here we go. So JB, you can get three points to jump both above me and Tim to win the game. And let me just. Let me just find the correct answer. If it's not moody, I'm done. So, the year... Do you know what the year was of that? Samoa? It was... Sounds about 07 or 07. Yeah, it was a long, long time. I wouldn't know yeah. the year. Yeah. Well, cast your mind back to the year 1975. Oh, you're joking. <laughs> Mike Burton. <laughs> what a joke. So, yeah. JB gets... What a joke. Minus two points. So, JB... So, Cocker, you and I both finish on five. This is wrong. JB There's something finish- wrong with this. So the, JB this finishes right. on two points. Hang on, Lewis Moody. Let me Google Lewis Moody's red card. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, he did get a red card, but it was the first. first Maybe it was the first guy at Twickenham. Maybe. I don't know. England rugby. <coughs> yeah, Mike, Mike Burton was in the second test against Australia in Brisbane oh for god's sake! the battle of Brisbane in 1975 the first Englishman to be sent off that's a joke that's an absolute joke yeah he was the first guy to get sent off in Twickenham first Englishman to get sent, sent off, off in Twickenham oh that's a joke that is <laughs> <laughs> Mike Burton whatever <laughs> well enjoy your win <laughs> there you go thank you Pool. Yeah, don't send us quizzes, right, from 100 years ago. <laughs> uh, anything before, I don't know, 95 is not on. Yeah, I, my my knowledge is patchy at best really before 2000, before the yeah, millennium. Two, I, I just want to say, I'm looking at a list of the Rugby World Cup red cards, and I've said before how the the video of the 1987 World Cup, like at some point after 1987... <laughs> uh, my mum got that from a Woolworths for me and my brother when we had to go in with her to work and she just put it on in the in the office and we watched that all day. The first red card in the Rugby World Cup, and I don't know if you can get it up just so you can see, but it was a Wales lock, Hugh Richards. That That's a proper red card. What's, what's incredible is... <laughs> that what's amazing about watching that is the, the Welsh player punches a New Zealander and he gets the red card. Wayne Shelford comes in immediately afterwards absolutely sparks <laughs> this Wales guy out like just ends him and Wayne, Wayne Shelford gets nothing wrong the rest basically gone you started it red card off you go so you've got this Welsh player groggy as you like getting red carded and walked off and Wayne Shelford meanwhile has just stood there love it so retaliation was, was okay in those days retaliation was fine it was you know rough justice but Shelford knocks out Wales lock Wales lock here you go, Hugh Richards. His Wayne Shelford's punch is uh, is actually hard to watch. Okay, so oh yeah, so number five is now striking. Oh, bang! Game over. Shelford, one per- the guy's on the floor, dead. And now he starfishes his arms on the floor, and now he's holding his head. That's how you do it. <laughs> Don't take the law in, into your own hands, Wayne. And I just I wish some of the people that complain about rugby now. Would what look at that and realise how different rugby is now well, yeah. you know than it's always been? Do you know the phenomena with the Victoria Cross? No. So the Victoria Cross, obviously, is the highest me- medal for gallantry. Yeah. Now, do you know how the Victoria Cross is made? Is it like uh, is it, is melting it down melting weapons? Down or? We- uh, yeah. No, bullets. it is from 
I want to say the bronze of a cannon. And this could be completely wrong. It's definitely from a cannon, and it might not be bronze. I'm sure it is bronze. From a cannon from the Crimean War. And they cut slice. So this same cannon is still used, and it's kept somewhere, and they slice a little bit of uh, stuff off for each Victoria Cross. And through every single year that the Victoria Cross has been in existence, it gets harder and harder and harder to win. So, you know, originally quite a few were given out, given out. Obviously, Second World War, a lot were given out. But mm. subsequent, you've got to be braver and braver and braver and braver. Victoria Cross is literally the opposite phenomena to the rugby red card now. <laughs> like, it, it started off as like, you have to do something really, really bad. And now you can basically do almost anything. They're anti-Victoria, anti-Victoria crosses. <laughs> the inverse. Yeah. Um, good quiz. So, anything more from this week? Because I've not seen any other. We didn't really games. talk about well South Africa, so let's rattle no. through a few quick points. Uh, South Africa looked really good. I, I love, uh, and and that's with a lot of improvement to make. That's what I think I would find frightening if I was Scotland and Ireland. Mm-hmm. South Africa will, and they'll need to be a lot better, and they will be, and they still panned a very poor Wales team. It, Albeit from Wales's point of view, it was a backup team. By the way, second choice locks: John Klein, R.G. Snyman, monsters, just mm. monsters, animals. Their scrum just annihilated Wales. Sia Khaleesi being back on the field at all was re- incredible. And then, know, and then to play the way he played for that first half. The guy that I like for South Africa, who kind of is spoke about, I guess, in South Africa circles, but not really much on here, is Marco van Staden. And like the reason... It's hard. It's, yeah. So they thought at yeah, Leicester... Yeah, it was disappointing his Leicester career, wasn't he, it? He never played. Yeah, yeah. He never played. He got paid a lot of money. Never, never played, but through injury. And since going back to South Africa, he seems to have found some form. But they reckoned at Leicester that he was going to be the next great thing. Mm. And he might still do that. Mm. Bear in up. mind, they once upon a time signed Pablo Matera. When he was, yeah, very, when he was very young, when he was well, 19, yeah. 20 years so old. Sometimes they are right, they just don't manage to get the best out of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the bench, they bought on Bonombi, Oxenche, and... Uh, Vincent Koch. Vincent Koch, for fun. For and Moster. And Van Staden and, and Vermeulen because yeah. they're yeah. playing a six. And then been Wales goes their bench for bloody. I mean, Nicky Smith's a fine prop. Don't get me wrong. Um, he did a job on Leicester of all teams. The, the odd thing about South Africa is they looked they looked so slick in attack. Mm. But some of the things from four years ago that you would think are like non-negotiables from South Africa, they'll, they'll kick their goals and they'll they'll be good under the high ball. They looked they looked weak under the high ball. And Libok has got a kicking issue in a tight game. It could cost South Africa. But he can mm. really play, though. Oh, he, the boy he can, can play. He can really mm. play. And you've got, I, you've got he excites f- me. Faz and Colby can both... Um, sorry, Faz. Faf and Ches and Colby can both um, kick sticks yeah. as well. well. Wouldn't let Faf anywhere Andre, near. Uh, Andre Pollard was there watching. He'll be, he'll be in the South Africa squad before long. I think yeah. you're right. I think you're all right. Well, that's why they've picked such a weird split. So, mm. basically, if anyone in any other position gets injured, four scrum halves... Like yeah. one of them is, is not making it to the World Cup, yeah. and certainly not not making it through much of the World Cup. I just love I love the size, I love the balance of the South Africa pack. I love the depth that they have. I love the fact they're still relying on a thirty-seven year old number eight to come on. Who just is that sort of glue to the pack when he comes on? I just he love, does look love them. I love them. I love them. Uh, Peter Steff to toy playing as well. Fills he, my, he looked he good looked again. Good. Carry, good carry again. him with some strength and aggression. Yeah. Fills my, it fills my heart with actual joy. And Jesse Creel gassed the Wales winger. Yeah. Scored the try and then got up like he could do it all again. Yeah. Yep. He, he's a fast man. 
is Jesse Creel. He's ripped as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I just love... He takes his conditioning very seriously. Maybe he could do a sub-630. What's the name of that very devilishly handsome, incredibly ripped South African centre from a few years ago? Sir Fontaine. Yanni Sir Fontaine. And Engelbrecht was another one as well. JJ Engelbrecht. Oh, well remembered, yeah. yeah. Hot. Yeah, God. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've got some good-looking boys. Of, yeah. Yeah, they're they're a pretty good-looking... No, well... Mm. I mean, they're a mixture of good-looking lads and absolute mutants. Yeah, yeah. Lude, exactly what you lude, want. Yeah. not so much. Yeah, lewd, not so much. Kits off, not so much. Well, I mean, even um, <laughs> Etzbeth looks like a gargoyle. Yeah. You, know, like his eyes bulging. you say that to his face. Well, yeah, you, <laughs> you can imagine you know, when his eyes bulge and you stick it on the side of a church to ward off spirits. I was on, um, I was on a South African uh, rugby website oh, right. a few days ago, and... They were advertising me. Let me just see if I can find this picture. I took a picture of it. Advertising growth hormones. They were trying to. They were advertising me something. Here it is. Got it. His Got nose it. has grown. Got it. <laughs> yeah, his nose has grown. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a picture of Ebenezer Beth in a vest doing some battle ropes with a big tub next to him. What big tub of something next to him? What is the tub? Well, I was like, that's that's um, hemo rage. Hemo, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's BCS, BCAA. It's creatine. Ooh, it's nice. some pro- protein shake. No, it's um, <laughs> strong enough to endure anything. Oh, uh, is it like uh, tile grouse or something? Yeah, it's, it's like external render. Perfect. <laughs> 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 Make that coin, Eben. Love it. By the way, if, if one's all good in a picture, do some battle ropes first. There was a picture of uh, who was it? Brian Habana doing. I remember. Oh my god, Lord! He did these battle ropes and then had a picture taken in his Toulon vest. He looked like the Incredible Hulk. He looked unbelievable. There was an awesome one. Jamie Cudmore uh, did slam balls. Yeah, that will do video, it. And he looked incredible. Yeah, that will definitely do it. That's one of Phil's favourites ever, isn't it? Cuddles. Good. Ah. Uh. He's incredible. What, what, yeah. I, I met him in Monaco. I interviewed him, and he also remembered me in Monaco. And, like, just the size, the feel, I, I, I've met many rugby players. In fact, probably the biggest collection of humans I've seen was Toulon when they came to sail. Like, I've never, ever seen that. The, the average size of the human was unbelievable, right? But despite that, Jamie Cudmore was still more physically impressive. Mm. And with the structure of a suit on him as well. My good Lord. And that jawline. Just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. So, next week's games? Unless you want to talk about any... Because I've not seen anything yet of France versus Fiji. I, I haven't seen it. I saw some highlights. I saw the extended highlights. Um, Fiji scored two uh, mall tries, which should be a concern for the rest of the world because uh, Fiji are doing some of the things they don't normally... Fijian teams don't normally do. Mm. Yeah, if I was France, after losing Cyril Bay and after losing Entomac... Uh, is Cyril Bay out of the World Cup? No, he's no. He's, has it been announced? What's? Uh, I think he's out for like a few Entomac weeks. Is definitely out of the World he, Cup. He's, yeah, okay, fine. Um, we didn't see Dupont in this game. But so Cyril so by five to six weeks. Yeah, but the point. Okay. Was, so he'll be there for a quarter final. Yes. Okay. But the point I was, was going to make is, I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him play or any of their real frontline players play again, really, until something is actually meaningful. Well, New, Ze- is- New Zealand on September the 8th. Yeah, yeah it's two weeks. <laughs> two weeks until two weeks the, on Friday. the real thing. Yeah, so... Uh, my- so have France got a warm-up next weekend? Malvaca played. They uh, do. Wow. 
France play Australia. Well, next Friday, uh, South Africa play New Zealand. Short at Twickenham. Yeah. And there's like 60 or 1,000 tickets being sold, I think. Surely they're just going to put out backup yeah, teams. New, so New Zealand haven't played for two or three weeks. Mm. South yeah, Africa have been playing. And this could be a World Cup quarterfinal. Yes. Yeah, so, so New Zealand, if they don't put out their first strength team or close to, they won't have played for three, four weeks before going into the France test to open the World Cup. So New Zealand kind of have to... They have to play some of their boys. South Africa won't. South Africa, you probably rest. Yeah. Because they play Scotland mm. the following week. Yeah. Um, uh, no, hold on. There's, a, there's, a, there's an empty weekend before the World Cup. Cause it, because it's, cause the, this weekend is like the 25th, 26th, 27th. Ah, uh, and then you've you got, got the first, second, got the, third. You've got first, second, third, and then you... And yeah. Then, yeah, so it's, but even, that's, that's even been confusing so, yeah. me, but yeah. But even so, then, well, actually, New Zealand, it means it's an even bigger gap. Yeah. It means it's at least four weeks before anyone plays yeah. if they rest their first-choice team. Christ, yeah. France put out some players this week, players that we've not seen really in the warm-ups. Malvaca, uh, Paul Vil- Wilhelmsey, who was struggling with injury, I think. Yeah. So for him to come back, that's pretty enormous. Francois Cross, Dil- Dylan Cretin, Cr- uh, players who are great, but we just haven't seen for a little while. Luku and Hastoy. Yeah, Hastoy playing is a big deal, uh, in, in my mind. So... And Jaminet as well. I like Melvin Jaminet from the bits. Obviously, he looked good. Yeah, he's really good. He was, although I th- not thought great. He was going to take that yeah. fifteen jersey. Well, um, yeah, well potentially because everyone's t- talking about Jalabert, and I totally agree. It w- will be Jalabert number ten, and but they're sort of going Jalabert and then Hastoy. But Tom, when Untermark's not available for t- to to lose, Thomas Ramos steps, steps up to ten. Uh, that'd be interesting. I've also seen them late on in games push. They kind of push Dupont out. So yeah. it's still Dupont as the Dupont passing to Intermac, but just w- one out slightly further well, out. Kind of like rugby league when the hooker put, um, yeah. pushes out with a dummy half. But I wouldn't move Ramos from fifteen. He's world class. Yeah, I agree no, with that. No. Um, yeah, France to me seem like they are building nicely without showing any of their real cards, and that's why I think they are very dangerous. And they're giving lots of people lots of game time again. And and master uh, like a. Magician with the illusion. Eddie Jones, look at this hand. Don't look at that hand. Uh, Fabian Galtier was look at my trouser leg. Exactly. Don't look at my my line out. Peace moves. (laughs) Yeah, they are formidable. So I love this team. Next week we've got. You mentioned it before. New Zealand, South Africa, Namibia have their final warm up game against the Bulls um, in Windhoek. England play Fiji at Twickenham. Um, Do we just see sixty minutes of? Rubbish kick in and then try and turn it on for the last 20. Well, maybe. I'm not sure that Fiji are the team I want to kick to, really. No, not really. But at least it's it'll test your kick chase game. Yes, massively. Oh, that's not a bad not a bad one to do. Uh, all You can see all of the Southern Hemisphere teams are descending on Europe. Yes. Because Japan play Italy in JB's beloved Treviso. Now, Italy played Scotland this weekend, didn't they? Romania. They hammered oh, Romania right. by 50 points. Um, Scotland hosts Georgia in Edinburgh, which is not a bad warm-up game with South Africa in a couple of weeks. Uh, Portugal host Australia A. Spain in Madrid next weekend. Spain host Argentina. Nice. That'll be a cool fixture. In That'll Madrid. be a cool fixture. Cool. Where, in, in, Madrid? in Madrid, yeah. When? Next weekend. Next Saturday. Huh. <laughs> what, what are you doing Sky next? Scanner. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know on Skyscanner, we've had this conversation before, uh, when you search uh, the cities, 
and it makes you wait and says we are searching they add that in really Th- there's no there's no need they just have no it instantly need. they add it in to to give the illusion that there's some work going on in the background ah, so that it scumbags. makes you makes you feel like it's the same with those um uh price comparison websites when they have the three dots yeah going, we are just loading this for you that's all that's, they add that you can they, see, they add that in like booking.com do it where it's like seven people are viewing this yeah booked five times in the last 24 hours yeah which could be any window like any type of hotel for sorry type of room for that hotel at any point in the next 12 months but it makes you feel like you've got almost to, you've got to buy a, few, it soon. a few more seconds yeah. getting the best deals exactly thanks skyscanner so if i um, leave at <laughs> seven seven fifty on friday i can get there for Oh, very late. No, I don't want to do that one. And then eight, then six twenty return. Hmm. Interesting. What sort of dollar are you talking for a late? Two hundred twenty-two pound return. That's not bad, you know. It's like bad, at this it? stage, like five days away from going in peak season as well. In peak season. That's hmm. not bad. That. I don't. I want a nice. I want a better time so I can land on Friday evening and have a few yeah. beers. Well, yeah, I was going to say you need like a Friday Friday lunchtime flight. Yes, at seven fifty is too too late for me. I'm only going there for the Saturday. Is it a Saturday before I Saturday? Yeah, yeah. No, you're not only going there for Saturday. And, and which um, is it going to be it's Bank Holiday be- next week as well? Bank Holiday Monday. Is it going to be the University Stadium? I love yeah, that yeah. stadium. It's in the. You got it's my favourite. It's, it's the one, stadium. You, you don't have to come back till Monday. Go on Saturday morning, and then you don't have to come back till Monday because it's Bank two Holiday weekend. That'd be so good, wouldn't it? I love Madrid. Let's take this offline. Yeah, yeah. Let's take offline. Uh, other games because that would be a really cool game. Other games, Ireland host Samoa. Uh, is that right? In Bayon? Ireland are hosting Samoa in Bayon. Interesting. Ireland uh, are playing in Bayon? According to what Ireland. I am looking at. Or Ireland in camp in Bayon, maybe. They might be. Yeah. Uh, Chile play Argentina in Estadio Germán Becker in Temuco, which is in Chile. Oh, wow. Chile are playing in Chile. So Chile have not arrived in Europe yet. They're playing in Chile. And France host Australia at the Stade de France, which is a cool fixture on the Sunday. Oh, the Stade de France is now rugby ready. It would appear so. Luke Pearce is officiating that one. Mm. One last thing for me, unless anyone else has got any other business. Go on. So I've been watching a... A few bits of rugby on YouTube. I watched the 2019 England Island fixtures and the one earlier this year. And a few, I've been watching a few egg chasers videos on YouTube. Some of the algorithm is dialing me into rugby. Nice. Well, it recommended me, I've got it in front of me, the Telegraph's Rugby World Cup 2023 predictor with Brian Moore choosing his winner. Do you know, this annoys me, right? Can I tell you why it, why it annoys me? Um, I think you're going to be making some of the points that. I'm going to make, but yes, you you okay. tell me, please. So the Telegraph employs some of the best rugby journalists uh, in the country by far. Yeah, uh, Charlie Morgan is the best rugby journalist in the country by um, well, no, actually, it's Charlie Morgan and Alex. Alex Lowe's great. I mean, there are a handful of them who are really top draw. Yeah, but the best in my mind who works at the Telegraph certainly is uh, is Charlie Morgan. Charlie Morgan's excellent. Why would I want to hear what that rambling moron Brian Moore has to say about anything? So. Brian Moore, I always quite liked him because of because he's so he's partisan, uh, just on the, the Six Nations. Like I, was, so I feel like I, I probably the timings don't work, but I feel like it's been twenty years, twenty five years of me watching him lose his mind watching England play. Yeah, and I quite like that. 
But this was so. This is a video that's been viewed by three hundred and fifteen thousand people as it currently stands today, which is quite a lot for a rugby video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's it, it is a lot for a rugby video. But what I would say is, uh, when you put money, if you put because this has happened with me with some Virgin videos that I've done for sponsors of my mm. of my radio show, uh, which have got like two hundred and fifty thousand views and stuff. When something like that happened, I looked at that as well, looked at the numbers and went, no, someone's put money behind that. Uh-huh. Well, I suspect that is the case. Because I bet the comments aren't... But... There's not loads of comments. Uh, there's, there's a thousand, over a thousand comments. Okay. Well, there's normally a thousand comments but, on my videos, but yeah. no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but my, so I watched this video. I didn't, I didn't make it through the whole thing, but... I got him going through Is the group... Is that because you felt you were losing IQ points as you watched... Uh, kind you watched? of, yeah. yeah. I got through the group stages... I'm not sure in the group stages Brian Moore referenced a single current player or a single recent game in this. So it was like... It was like a list of cliches, like, oh, France, you don't know which team's going to turn up. Well, it's Oh, Fiji will be playing it from anywhere. <laughs> like, it, it was just... So this is, <laughs> this is one of the... Wales got passion. This is probably one of the most watched videos on engagement for the World Cup, like one of the single most watched rugby videos... And it is telling nothing of any relevance to it. It's the kind of video that could have been recorded 30 years ago and just rolled out every four years. <sighs> Do you know, this is something which, which Tim talks about when you talk about like you know, making mainstream rugby content, um, which is, if it's not got a name that people recognise, yeah, you yeah. can't really make it. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and it, the sad thing about that is like the names that people recognise are so irrelevant to the modern game that you, you make terrible content. Mm. So... The fact that no one's going to listen to your content unless it's terrible, and then they do listen to it and it's terrible. It's just this self-fulfilling, defeating pro- prophecy over and over again. Well, we're, we are living, breathing example that that's not always the case. Well, the fact we're sat right here. Get me on TalkSport then, Tim. You've got <laughs> I was going to say, if you do want some... If you're on YouTube and you want some good, relevant, interesting content, go to Egg Chasers Rugby, because Tim is putting out a lot of good content... And it is some, some it, average it, stuff as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite it's quite interesting watching you work last Sunday when you made two videos, one for if England won and one for if England lost. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you just reminded me with that. Have you ever seen the? Uh, it was on. The, do you remember the day today? Did you ever watch the day today? Yeah, the yes. Chris. Um, uh, Chris, uh, what's it, his name? Uh, um, he got fired for laughing gas. Brassai. Brassai. Chris Morris. 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 But the the bit where Alan Partridge is explaining the World Cup ninety four draw. Hold on. So he, all these long arms here, these long signposts, are the, the venues where the matches will be played: Dallas, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and so on. If you look at me from above, you can see that these these are the group. This is the group system. Um, the the it, it's fourteen groups: A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N. And um, <laughs> there, there are four rounds. There's round one, the red round, yellow round, blue round, red round again. That's my colour coding, not FIFA's. You won't find that with FIFA, just with me. So that's that's the basis of it. And as you can see, they get progressively left fewer towards the centre. The ultimate goal being the World Cup. I will stop this. Let's minute, take an example. Okay, Ra- round one ah, is Pasadena. Let's say it takes place in Pasadena between Chile and, and Paraguay, something like that. Okay, and then we're through to round two. Which is San, let's say it's San Francisco. You've got to do, you've got to do this for egg chasers. San Francisco, <laughs> and that goes through to Orlando. You have to do it with a tie. You've got to dress like that. Orlando there. 
move those out of the way. Anyway, uh, uh, this is probably boring to listen to. Go and look at go and look at the video online. Because somebody, when you were talking about someone trying to explain the World Cup with no uh, uh, knowledge, it just made yeah. a bit like no frame of reference to what is going on in the rugby world right now, or even like for the last I don't know ten years. It felt like watching that video. Should, we, we should listen to that and then critique it. We should do. Maybe do that as a Patreon. You don't know pod. which France team is going to show up. Yeah, you do. Patreon, <laughs> Patreon pod, listen along. Yes. Let's do that as a Patreon pod. But that that France that France cliche, like the kind of people who watch rugby, like every World Cup or every Lions tour, or occasionally catch a Six Nations game. You like you hear that, like when they're getting, gearing up for the World Cup, you think, oh, I don't know what French team is going to turn up. And it's, it is no longer true. Like you know exactly is, what's coming, you know. Yeah. Ram, ram, it, it's not been true for the last four years. The that. problem is, it kind of is true. Because if you haven't won a World Cup, at some point you are going to go out. <laughs> you know, so like, you know, if, which if you're not, it's a semi-final. We don't know. Yeah, but it's it's the point of like the... Like, France used to be, it used to be a cliche, but it was a true cliche that they could, would have these moments of implosion and just do crazy yeah, things. Yeah, there's so much... Uh, so, uh, Argentina, or really good scrummaging team, play a very pragmatic style of rugby. No. Yeah, not yeah. Anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Scrum is one of the weaker parts of their game. They're a hell of a team still. Mm. Well, there we go. Let's let's put this in the can and let's get onto Patreon and do a <laughs> Brian Moore breakdown. Patreon.com forward slash egg chase is one of the ways you can support the podcast. Keep the lights on. As we get closer and closer to a rugby world cup, let the boys play. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.